The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Every stop I make, I make a new friend Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When you adventure, life's just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat and come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my own Welcome, the late night alternative, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, that's you, isn't it? You're yes. one of those people I mentioned Hi. there. Uh, weeknights from 10 o'clock on Talk Radio. Thank you, James Whale. How was your weekend? Um, mine was okay. Twitter seemed a very, very dark place. And it's a sad that Stan Lee has died, and I love Stan Lee, and I love Stan Lee because, A, he's created magic that has touched my life, uh, and, and also he's created magic that has touched my boy's life, and we can share it together. And my boy's favourite thing in any Marvel movie is spotting Stan Lee's cameo. They love it! Stan Lee! Six and, six and eight-year-old in the cinema. Stan Lee! I wonder whether they'll find a way to keep doing it. I hope so. I bet they do. If, if, I'm, if we're watching a DVD and... Uh, I've got something in my eye. If we're watching a DVD and um, um, I'm out in the kitchen making a cup of tea, Dad, Dad, come, come in, you've got Stan Lee's on! They love it. So we'll talk about Stanley later on, but was it, I worked at, the Twitter was a bit lousy this weekend. I thought it was a very mean place. And I thought tonight, can we do a show that is um, upbeat, is celebratory, is life-affirming, is, I'm going to say two dirty words, feel good. Can we? I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but can we just do a really positive, upbeat show? And we'll talk about Stanley, but in a really positive, upbeat way. Um, and i tell you what kind of prompted this, right? It was Remembrance... Um, uh, Sunday, of course, Armistice, and loads and loads about it. And I was out with my boys on Saturday, and we went to the pictures, and they'd had poppies, but they they lost them or something. They were somewhere else. Um, and we saw some um, some young people. I can't remember what they were. Well, they might have been scouts um, selling poppies. And so we went and got some poppies, and we chatted to them, and they were really, really nice. And the boys looked smart with their poppies, and I looked smart with my poppy. And of course, you know, the boys came out without. They fell out within minutes, as they do, because they're running around like lunatics. Um, 
And it was kind of felt nice to be um, part of a national moment, you know, the national moment. And uh, more so this year than for any the previous years for me, you know, with it being the centenary of the end of World War One, there was a great programme on, on Radio 4 at the weekend about the history of Armistice and the popping. It was great. And um, Twitter was being particularly unpleasant this week, this weekend. And then Jeff Lloyd, the lovely Jeff Lloyd, who we've had on this show, and we love you, Jeff Lloyd, retweeted something from a guy called, from a guy called John. And it just, it broke my heart. I thought it was the saddest tweet ever. Not ever, I've seen sadder, but I thought it was a really sad tweet. And it goes, this is from John, right? Can anyone help? Jeffrey is 87 and has just walked 100 miles in five long days. 87. 100 miles in five days. I couldn't do it. Partly because I'm lazy. And he's done it for at Poppy Legion. He's gutted to avert 25 quid. That's a fiver a day. Oh, my heart sank when I read that. He doesn't do social media. Good for him. So he doesn't know about this plea. But if you can, give him a boost. If you can give him a boost, that would be amazing. Then there's his Just Giving page, which I'm going to give out in a bit. So get a pen and paper, right? Because I'm going to give it out. And I saw that and I thought, oh, man. So I retweeted it. And I'd, I'd kind of I'd doubled the 25 quid. Pound. I put, put a few quid in there, right? But I'd seen a few people who'd done it already. I think it had gone up to a couple of hundred quid by the time I'd seen it. Maybe a little bit more. I thought, oh, well, that's, that's nice. He's going to make a few hundred quid out of it. Good for him. Um, but it's gone a little bit better than that. We've got both gentlemen involved. We've got John, whose tweet I saw. Good evening, John. Good evening, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you, John. Can you... Catherine and I have been arguing. How the heck do we say your last name? <laughs> it's Kieran, John Kieran. Kieran. I, I was right. Okay, yeah. I was right. Thank you. I just won a fiver, <laughs> which will donate to the cause, of course. Uh, and we've got the, the 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 hero in both the traditional sense, although he'll hate me saying this, traditional sense, and you know, as anyone who served is, and also in the kind of modern day sense. Oh, we got Jeffrey Long. Good evening, Jeffrey. Hello, Ian. How are you? <laughs> I'm very, very well, Jeffrey. When when did you finish your walk? Well, uh, we did. By of course, I wasn't doing it on my own, was I? It was with. Um, Joanna Cadman from the um, St. George Society. Uh, we actually did over 100 miles by Friday, oh. Saturday, Saturday okay. starting on Tuesday. So we, we averaged 20 miles a day, or a bit more. And, but officially, we were finishing yesterday morning, walking three miles to make sure we got to the cenotaph at New Haven Fantastic. on time for the service. And have you, and was it, I mean, was this easy for you? I know you're getting on a bit, but you know, you've served, you're, you're, you're a fit man. Was this easy for you, or was it, you know, how are your feet doing? Well, it, there were certainly challenging bits of it. Yeah. It was, on the whole, a fairly easy walk, really. Good lad, there we go. Good. We'll make, maybe make it 200 miles next year. I'm joking, I'm joking. You well, didn't... I've already done 100 miles before. I did this, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, re- weeks before, yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, there we go. Oh, I did, yeah. What, what made you do it? Why was it so important for you, Geoffrey? Well, it's important that the troops, you know, each government has let them down. It doesn't matter whether what, what they are, Conservative, Liberal or Labour. Each government has let the troops down, really. Yeah. But the things are improving, but they need to go a lot, a lot more, uh, a lot more care for serving troops when they're leaving, serving troops when they're in problems, and also the uh, the veterans. And we're not doing enough for them. No. It's... So, and really, I shouldn't, at my age, I suppose, be doing things like this, but. Uh, I'm capable of it, and why, so why not? Oh, well, no, this is the thing. If, if, I, if you know, there's, I shouldn't stop you doing stuff. If you want to help, then, then do it. You, of course, have you did serve, didn't you? 
I did, Sylvia. How long ago was that? Uh, <laughs> 1950. Oh, the old... It's the just old a year or two ago, yes. Yeah, not the, just, just around the corner. And you thought, because you... Well done for you not being on social media. It's a hideous, hideous place. You don't deserve any of the treatment that people get on there. But you thought... Well, you had only raised 25 quid, is that right? I don't know, I never saw it. Because, of course, uh, before I came down to do the walk, I was in North uh, Norfolk to attend a, a fundraising dinner for the British Legion. Yeah. I raised about £1,000 that night, I think it was. And then I had to drive down and meet Joanna, and then away uh, to a sandwich to start the walk. What was the weather like on the way? The weather was... From very, very nice to atrocious, really. <laughs> and it was. I got blown over on the cliffs oh. <laughs> above Dover. No! I did a perfect roll like a power and came straight back on my feet again. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, on the Saturday evening, when yeah. we should have been maybe on the on the main road the last little bit, we were still on the walls. Yeah. We were an hour and a half in the dark on the walls. Really, oh, I was a bit apprehensive because it's very, very dangerous. Yeah. Joanna got blown over there. Did, did she? Did she? Yeah, she, she survived did. though. She's she, she's she's still with us. Still with her. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, I, I worried <laughs> that when she said, "Now let's bring John." John. So I saw your tweet that the, the 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 our mutual friend Jeff Lloyd had retweeted. So what is your connection with Jeffrey, and how did you kind of become aware that maybe he hadn't raised as much as he deserved to raise? Who is Jeff Lloyd? Yeah. Who is Jeff? Who is Jeff Lloyd? That's a question that many of my listeners are asking. Jeffrey, he used to work, he used to be a big radio star, but now he no, he's, he's a radio presenter and he's a friend of mine and he's a friend of John's. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good man. But God, John, you were right, John. He can talk well, quite a lot. So where does he hang out? Hang out. Where does he hang out? Yeah. Um, well, I, I'll give you his phone number if you want, Jeffrey. You can go. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Are you just collecting the numbers of people who call Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> go on, John, if you can. Wait, there's well, a gap, John. Start speaking. I think the conversation has, has proved that uh, um, when it comes to social media, Jeffrey really is is not particularly interested. Uh, my involvement in it is a, as a PR man for the Royal British Legion. Right. I've, I've known Jeffrey for a, a good few months now, and um, he's absolutely right. He has done an, a number of events before. It was my responsibility to PR this particular event, so I'm feeling slightly guilty as well as, as, as quite pleased at, at the outcome. The reason I feel guilty is that I, I got Jeffrey on TV at the start of his walk. I thought everything was going to be fine. Yeah. Jeffrey had set up his Just Giving page and just left it at that. Um, the TV coverage was great, but it didn't translate into donations. And on Sunday morning, getting ready for Remembrance on Armistice Day, I thought I'll just have a quick look. I knew Jeffrey was finishing his walk. I had a quick look at his Just Giving page, and there was £25 in the pot. Yeah, your sunk. It, uh, worse, I mean, I felt sick as a chip, to be quite honest, mate, and yeah. I, I didn't really know where to go from there. And uh, the obvious answer was Twitter. Um, uh, Jeffrey's got a little bit of experience of, of uh, benefiting from Twitter in the past, and I thought, let's see if lightning can strike again. And so um, I put an appeal out just saying anybody that I know that can chip in and, and help out would be great. But then, obviously, people like Jeff, people like yourself, um, Jason Manford, we had uh, the author Neil Gaiman picked up on it as oh, well. Brilliant. Um, and, and it was just Al, uh, Al Murray retweeted it, and so you can imagine with that um, cascade of, of celebrity, it's been fantastic. So and, Jeffrey, and Jeffrey, I think just go going on. back to your point, though, we right at the start of, of your show when you said 
Twitter being a, a pretty dark place at times. It's been a real yeah. force for good in last oh, It, it has, and this shows exactly how, if we pull in the right direction, what we can do. Geoffrey, you, you've gone viral. I don't know if you're aware of that. Well, I did last year as well, but I wasn't aware this time, no, no. It's had, so John's tweet has had 2,866 uh, 2, retweets and 1,666 likes. And the current total, and I'm going to, I'll, I'll put the link out in a bit, we'll do it in a second. Uh, the current total is £22,111. That is amazing, man. Well done. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to have to put in another. Hundred and three thousand. If we don't get to a hundred, and... no, yeah, hundred and three thousand. If we don't get to the uh, required hundred and twenty-five thousand, I have to put the difference in myself, I suppose. Well, of, of course, on your your ample <laughs> war pension, uh, yeah. Jeffrey, you'll be able to do that without blinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, you must be really, you must be really pleased and really touched, though, that people that don't know you, um, right, yeah. you know, just of course it's a great cause. Everyone knows it's a great cause, but um, John's right. Twitter can be miserable, but this this really is a really really lovely um, moment where everyone's gone. Do you know what? I can do this. I can click on this and I can put a few quid in. You must be very proud of yourself, Jeffrey. I'm very pleased with what's come in, but of course, really, I was a bit apprehensive because I I just done this other walk. Yeah. Which, of course, started was 100 miles, and it started on September 16th. So a lot of supporters had already made donations on that one. And then, of course, it is poppy appeal. Well, poppy appeal is all the year round, but people think of November, and people are uh, uh, putting donations in for poppies. So, you know, it's a big thing to ask people to dig in their pockets again. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. very, Very pleasing. Um, I'm just about to tweet the link. John, if, if people aren't on Twitter, is there a, an easy thing to type into Google to find it? Or, or, or I know it's just giving, but what's the easiest thing to type in so they get to Jeffrey's page? The simplest thing is to go to Just Giving. Um, it, it's the best way to do it as well because you know the money's going straight to the charity. So just go go to JustGiving.com uh, and just search Jeffrey Long. Uh, it's Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Search Jeffrey Long. His page will come up. It's his 100 miles for the RBL, uh, and you'll find the page straight away. And it's uh, uh, the other thing as well, just to mention, yeah, it's... Um, it, it, it's great, yeah, it's £22,000, but if you tick the box for, for gift aid yes, as well, yes. that'll be boosted further. So in actual fact, Jeffrey's probably raised around £26,000, £27,000 oh, in reality. Figure, does that figure not cl- include the gift aid? Um, no, it'll figure. be on top oh. of that as well. Yes, you're right. There's, there's right just before you get to pay, dear listener. There is a little box that says, "Do you want to make? Can you make this gift aid?" Uh, tick that, and then a few extra quid goes in. And that comes from the, that's your tax that goes into there. That that money going is exactly uh, where it should go. Is and I tell you why we wanted to talk to you two gentlemen because it's one of those. Um, we always get those stories about scumbags. I think the Chelsea pensioners got robbed this year, didn't they? Someone nicked their, nicked their um, collection, and you always hear these stories about... And, and I, I just think that the press kind of doesn't focus on individual positive stories, like yours, Geoffrey. And I, I do hope wow. you don't think we're being patronising by getting you on and, you know, giving you a metaphorical pat on the back, because you've, you've done brilliantly. Well, it's just that... It's, in a way, OK, you give me a pat on the back, but... It's take it, man! Take the pat on the back! ...about what should be done by the government... You know, it's the awareness that counts yeah. as much as the money. In fact, sometimes even more. 
Well, uh, but the, is, the, is the government changing its attitude to, to you know, pe- people who've served? It always seems to be that you guys, you know, and uh, I've got a, a half-brother who served and, you know, has got the pe- emotional issues and seems to be getting shafted by the government. Is it getting any better? Well, I, I tend to think it might be. Okay. Uh, there's only one, one thing you can say excuse for the government, and that is that sometimes the veterans are they're hidden, you know. Yeah. But we should be giving, making more care, especially the long-serving uh, forces who haven't really experienced civilian life, especially the more especially the single ones, because it's a big shock yeah. going back after you've been part of a, a military family to go into civilian life. Yeah. Course it is. You've got to do everything for yourself, and maybe you don't get a job. You know that's the hard thing. Then, um, what's next, Jeffrey? I hope you're not going to be resting too long. What's the next project? Um, well, certainly my mum was this cycle to London to Paris. Sorry? I'm not a cyclist, but maybe I can do it, or to do something for the, the maritime people. Yeah. That would be the Royal Navy. Yeah. The Merchant Navy, the Fishing Fleet and the Lifeboards do a combined one and probably get aboard a, uh, the different ships and maybe maybe a cruise ship, do a, a walk on a cruise ship and do a few talks there, you know. Hang on a minute. Ideal. Hang on a minute. Someone's a trying to blag a free holiday all of a sudden. What? Yeah, <laughs> you get a lot of people there, 3,000, that are listening to my lectures. We may get a pound a piece or five or six. I think ten pound a piece. John, John, when you got people like Jeffrey, you got to do the PR for it's a piece of cake, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've held his digital hand, I suppose, for the last couple of years now, and he's a force of nature. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. But I, I love every second of it, and, and working with him's been been terrific. But do you know what? He said something to me right at the outset, which yeah. was, if you look after the armed forces they'll look after yeah. you, and that's always stayed with me. I think it's a great line that Jeffrey uses. i tell you what's lovely, and we've tweeted it, and I'll retweet it again, and we'll, we'll, we'll mention it a few more times throughout the show. Is as, as we're talking, I keep clicking on refresh, and the money just keeps going up. It's gone up every single time. Yeah. Um, John, thank you for that tweet. Um, thanks to Jeff Lloyd for retweeting, but thank you so much for that tweet, and it really paid off. Jeffrey, sir, thank you for your service, you know, back in the 50s, and thank you for your service over the weekend, and let us know any time you're doing some more fundraising stuff. You'd yeah, be well, very, very welcome. Go on, you take your time. If I want to know what I've been doing, Google me. Yeah. And, and, and I started off in 2007, walking from London to Switzerland, my first book, to Lausanne, in actual about 650 miles. Yeah. In my 75th year, <laughs> started off carrying a 30-kilo pack. It was just a lot lighter when I got there. <laughs> and that was tough, not being a walker, because I'm not a walker. I only no. walk for charity. Yeah. You're brilliant. You're absolutely brilliant. Uh, listen, honestly, what? guys, any time you want to come on and talk to us about any projects you've got, you've got my details, uh, John, <laughs> just get in touch. Bless you, cheers, Ian, and thanks for your support. Really appreciate it. It's with a J, of course, Jeffrey. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y along, and then you put the M-B-E in, otherwise you get a lot of other Jeffrey. Jeffrey, you wouldn't like the other Jeff. He's one of those dirty G-E-O-F, so I don't think it's going to work with you two. We're all the same underneath. Thanks so much, guys. Nice to talk to you. OK. You too, Ian. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks. There you go. What nice guys. You want to say thank you to them? Thank you, Sam. Wasn't that... Wasn't that brilliant? I hope it didn't sound. I hope it didn't sound patronising. That guy's seen action. Do you know what I mean? And he kind of puts... Well, it puts me to shame, you know, going out and doing that. So I can, the very least I can do is on my telephone, bung him a few quid. 
Jeffrey Long, Jeffrey with a J, it's on Just Given. I've retweeted it. I know times are hard, you know, so if you've not got it, you know, then that's fine. But I'm putting it out there as I occasionally do. I never retweet stuff expecting people to put, put money in, but I put it out there. And if the, the charity appeals to you, you've got a couple of quid, then, then do it. Did you hear him sneak in the fact he's got an MBE at the end there? I did hear that, yes. I really love it. Brilliant. Well Good. deserved. Well, well done. I'd be, that'd be the first thing I'd say, but it's Jeffrey Long MBE, please. If Thank you, you very much indeed. I just Googled him, as he suggested. Yeah. He's done loads. Isn't he? I had a little look. Absolutely loads. I just thought that, that was, it was so lovely. And also, just 100 miles and raised 25 quid. Well done, John, for, for spotting an opportunity to... Because, you know, it, it was phrased beautifully. And all you need is a couple of Jeff Lloyds and Neil Gaiman, for crying out loud, Al Murray, Jason Manford. When they start retweeting mm-hmm. stuff, then people really sit up and take notice. And I know that some of the listeners here um, popped a few quid in the hat. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to try and make tonight's show positive, upbeat, loving, caring, um, maybe a little bit sappy, a little bit soppy. Who cares? Let's do it. The, 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 the internet this week has been a cesspit. So let's celebrate life. Let's celebrate heroes like like um, Jeffrey. Let's just talk about nice things. The switchboard is empty, dear listener. If you want to give us a call, 0344 499 This is The Late Night Alternative. Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle and Sam on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on air and off the leash on Talk Radio. Here's a great thing. I saw The Grinch on Saturday morning. The new one. The new one. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep in the middle of it because I was very tired. It's very early. Mind that water. So you that. saw some of The Grinch. I saw some of The Grinch. It was great. And here's a spoiler alert. The, the um, American um, actor doing the voice all the way through it. American actor. American actor. Credits. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Doing a great voice. It's his greatest role. I would never have known it was him. It was brilliant. It was great. The kids loved it. I tell you what's great. I took them to Maidenhead to see it, right? And Maidenhead's... I used to go there a lot when I was younger. Bought my BBC Micro there from Rumbelows. Um, and it's... I like Maidenhead. It's, it's seen better days, I think, would be a fair thing to say. A little town, sort of just a little bit away from Slough, Slough and Windsor. Um, nice cinema. No, it's a nice vibe. I like it there because I've got a lot of nostalgia there. Went to Macari's there the day that um, Toby died. Toby was our cat. Got run over. We oh. Went to Macari's. What's had, Macari's? It was like this this old Italian boys sort of coffee shop, and the, we, they did the best hot chocolates. So we were, went there when Toby died, and to we were all sat around. Yeah, we we're all sat. I'm 11, and my sister's 14, and my mum and dad. I think my dad might have been crying as well. Crying. We having. Hot, oh, it was a horrible day, but anyway. But they're doing, you know, the thing, you know, the high street is dead, right? Mm-hmm. And now it turns out, oh, where do I hear this? Maybe I heard this on Radio 4. Shopping centres are dead as well. Are they? Shopping centres are on the way out, yeah. Um, shopping centres, what happened on the high street is now moving into shopping centres where people just can't afford it. So shopping centres are dying. And at the moment, the only places that are doing okay are the out of town, yeah. sort of big malls. And you know why? Was, uh, go on. Free parking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was on, I tell you it was on, it was on front row. Radio 4's arts programme, because of Debenhams and the department stores closing. That was it. The high street is, is dying. De- Debenhams and a lot of places... The department store is, is kind of dying. And it, uh, the next step is that the, the, the shopping centres are dying. It's happening. It's happening, man. So what they've done... And I remember the first time we saw it. I'll come to you in a second, Alan and Gatford. 0344 499 uh, The first time we saw it, we were kind of looking at it. And I couldn't work out... I couldn't work out where you paid for it. And it turns out you don't pay for it. In an old, in an empty shop space, yeah. in a, a corner of the Maidenhead Shopping Centre, the council have put in 
half a dozen ping pong tables and bats and balls and it's free. There's no one there. There's no one there to keep an eye on it. You just go in. And we went there and it was empty. Quarter past nine, Saturday morning, it was empty. Dad, can we go and play ping pong? Yeah, sure, why not? I just sat there for 20 minutes while the boys had a table tennis match. I'm pretty sure free. there are table tennis tables in Milton Keynes Shopping Centre as well. Really? Yeah. Because they have those ones in parks, but I, there are never balls or bats with them. Mm-hmm. But this, um, there's, there's like balls and bats everywhere, um, and there's plenty of tables. There's some smaller ones, and there's some full-sized ones, and we've been there before when there's been a bit of a queue, but it's all right. It doesn't, you know, people see you and go, oh, just give us, give us another game and then we'll be off. This was empty. The boys had the run of the table. T- it was great. What a great morning. We went to the computer. We went to the sex shop. And my boys call it the sex shop. And that Do is that. funny. We went to... We played table tennis. And then we saw the Grinch. What a morning. What a morning. Let's celebrate tonight. Even if you don't feel like it, fake it to make it. Let's have a positive show. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Good evening, Alan. Hi, Martin. It's good to be back. It's great, Alan. I hope... Now, listen, Alan was banned for two weeks. Um, two weeks today. OK. Catherine, remind me why he was banned. Um, He'd done something. He hadn't been listening. Oh, we had a... That was it. He hadn't been listening. We had a quiz to prove whether Alan had actually listened to the show or not, and he lost. My one question. Yeah, you needed to get six out of uh, the ten, and you only got five. So I was halfway there. Well, that's bad maths, but... Um, and y- your your punishment was a week's exile. Fortnight? No, it was a week, but then it got in- increased to a fortnight, I think for um, uh, insubordination. Mm. No, no, it's because the other bummy called me boy, and I wanted to have a fight with him. Oh, that was yeah. it. You got caught. You, 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 you were already in the sim bin for a week, and then you challenged an innocent, innocent listener to a fight, and that increased your ban to two weeks. I've got to say, Alan, life for us, and I'm, we'll, we'll get Catherine. Life for me has been great without you for two weeks, Catherine. How have you, how have you dealt with it? How well, you... obviously, um, it's been really tough, and um, there have been some nights when I didn't know how I was going to make it through, Alan. But then, you know, as the days went by. I I got stronger, I picked myself up, and, I mean, by last week, I was almost happy. Sam's missed me. Who has? Sam has. Let's, let's just, well, hang on a second. Let, let's just get Sam as the young lad who um, works on the show. He's excellent. Yeah, he does more than that, but, yeah. Sam, um, Alan is saying you missed him. Is that true? Yeah, man. It's been, life's just been yeah, empty. Man. What's this? Yeah, man. Nonsense. You've been hanging out with Ash too oh, much. Sorry. Yeah, man. Life's just been empty without him. Wow. It's, yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't realise you were pining. It's okay. It's okay. fine. It's I'm I stayed strong. Is that why you weren't in on Friday? Yeah. yeah. I was crying. Yeah. Oh. Bless. Well, I come bearing some sad news tonight. Yeah, we know. Stan Lee's dead. Mr. Marvel. No, his name was Mr. Lee. <sighs> It was he related to Bruce Lee? Yeah, of course they. Well, yeah, of course they were. They were cousins. Alan, I'm, I'm related to Bruce Alan, Lee. Alan, were, were you not listening at the start of the show? Oh I, no, to busy speaking to Sam. Oh, Alan! Right, because we mentioned it at the top. It was the first thing we said at the top of the show, and you weren't on the phone to Sam at that point because I was. I had my eye on the switchboard. The only person that he was speaking to was Sadiq, who's the new you. Um, well, um, where is Sadiq? Where is he from Birmingham? Doesn't matter where Burm- uh, he is. No, he's from Norwich, isn't he? I've no, got his address. I've got his from. address, and I've got a picture of his house. Uh, well, well, really, uh, Norwich, Birmingham. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, it, Here's it, a topic. Oh, oh, God. Sadiq. Here's a topic for you. Okay. What could be the new Birmingham? Okay. Um, By the way, Gary asks a great question on Twitter. Ask him what has gone on in the show this last week to see if he's learnt his lesson about not listening to the show. Now, you were under no obligation to listen when you were in exile, right? But, but, one would think, if you've been suspended for not listening, you might try and correct your behaviour. Alan, over to you. That was starting from my first call back. About two weeks, about two weeks exile was from the radio as well. No, it wasn't. Uh... It was a self-imposed exile. Alan Caddick, who have you been phoning instead of us? Nobody. Really? I've never phoned LBC. I've never phoned WM. I have never even phoned Free Radio. What's Free Radio? Oh, those those chances. Well, let me tell you, I'll take you on face value, but if I find out you're lying to me, I will find you. And you will pay. And I've got an idea, Kath. Go on. With, we with, should with get the married. Starting Sunday, you need a correspondent. The what? And I'm a celebrity correspondent. Thanks so much for your call. Well, do, do you know what this show this year is going to be? An I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Free experience. Right? Free experience. I feel. I, I've, I've talked to a few people. I feel so weird about the new series starting. And it, I, and I, I mentioned it on Twitter, and a few people. I'll, well, a few people got very... This is part of the rudeness of Twitter. I mean, a few, mentioned a few things on Twitter, and it got very, very dark. And a few people calling me out and deliberately mis- misinterpreting uh, what I'd said and having to go, I just, I just blocked, block, block, block. Apart from, a couple, apart from the guy on Sunday night, I tweeted, who fancies a game of Call of Duty World War Two online? Because right, I was going to stream it. And this guy called me out saying, today of all days, you disgusting bellend. <laughs> and I went, what? Today, remember, it's you should at least... You cannot play that game, and it got it got hilarious, really, really funny. I was going, dude, I'm I'm just I, I'm not doing. And he thought I was doing it as a piece to be offensive on Remembrance. So I wasn't. I just felt lonely and wanted to play a multiplayer game, and I haven't played that for a while. And I mentioned it. It was ridiculous, and I, and I was playing him along, and I just I, I think he's still. I didn't block him actually. I let him go. But what was I saying before that, please? Mm. Can you take notes? Because my memory is. All I am over taking the notes, but you, I went off in a flight of fancy then. Um, what? Um, I wish we had Alan on. He'd know Rewind. what I was talking about. Rewind. Um, what was. The, the, the... Oh, yeah, so talk about I'm Celebrity. Oh, yeah, 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 thank you. Um, yeah, but none. No, this. So I'm feeling weird about it, right? Feeling very, very weird. Feeling very emotional. I'm still very emotional because I'm coming off these tablets and I'm still. Well, I told you. I did, I'm doing a little... I'm freestyling. Don't. I'm freestyling the detox now. I've, I've, I'm freestyling, OK? So I'm still detoxing. And I don't want to go into the details, because you go, no, don't do that. Well, no, don't do that. You are doctor. No, 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 don't do that. And I'm freestyling. So I'm still coming off the tablets, OK? And so I'm still very emotional. Saturday night, what have you got? Bring that in. Bring it in. I can't see. Come in. Paul Ross. Paul Ross. I think he was flicking the V's at me. I'm not sure. Or he's found that DVD that was on. Come in. Hello. Oh, Oh, well remembered. Well remembered. Eddie Murphy Raw. Can we Car boot 50p Sunday morning. Can we hook this up to a DVD player and play it out live? (laughs) (laughs) Half. Half. Did you watch it? 
I did actually. It is fantastic. It's not actually funny. It's almost like um, I don't. I don't like all of Frankie Boyle. It's got that very or Jerry yeah. Salem. It's that very. Oh, it's kind yeah. of angry polemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a bit in there. I mean, there's some great bits in there. Yeah. But I can barely repeat any of it. But anyway, my gift to you. Oh, mate, thank you. That's very kind. Now I'll give watch. I, I I love Jerry Sadowitz because I, I I never have, have I seen literally in the first thirty seconds people getting up and walking yeah. out going, yeah. no, I'm not having this. Um, and it's just I don't find it all funny, but I find the theatre of it and the the audience re- reaction to it I find it fascinating. I love just standing at the back of the room and watching it. And unfold. he made one of the great remarks of all time about the the most extreme curse word, which is odd because it's about something beautiful. Yeah. In the, in the English language. Yeah. And he explained it brilliantly. He said, the reason it is such a perfect curse word is because it's t n k Yeah. And that's well, fantastic, Well done, isn't well done. It? thank yeah, you. There you go. By the way, Cass, Cass, Cass got me onto this, the new Adam Sandler stand-up special. Very unusual, I On thought. Netflix. Yeah, unusual. I, I've always found him funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I, his recent films have been rubbish. Yeah. He played the kind of, you know, the mentally challenged person a bit too much. But Happy Gilmore yeah. is, is a great, great comedy great film. film. Yeah. And great the film. I love The Water Boy. The Water Boy is great. But Little Nicky, even, I quite yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy Little Nicky. Um, uh, Wedding Singer is great. Um, and I used to love his comedy records, but they, I, I've only seen half of this sound, but I love it. It's just silly little songs. Well, the songs are what he used to do on Saturday Night Live yeah, yeah. back in the day with him and Chris Farley. And yeah. when you get to the end, there's a very sweet tribute to Chris Farley, right. which yeah. is lovely. So, But I thought it was, I thought yeah. it was very funny. Also, if you, you'll have seen this, the Martin Short, Steve Wright. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Man, that is but good, isn't it? What's great about this, those, they're so comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And they're so great. I mean, Three Amigos, a great underrated 80s comedy, it's a lovely film. There's, there's, so little sister, so like the wind. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> But there's that whole sort of ten minute. I'll let you get back to prepping your show in a minute. It's all because you actually do prep. <laughs> but there's that lovely ten minute bit in that special when they're just taking yeah. the mick out of yeah. each other, yeah. and it's vicious and it's relentless. Yeah. It's so funny. It's odd, I've got. I should bring them in for you. I've got loads of DVDs. I think they're probably pirated right. of the proper roasts hosted by D. Martin. Oh yeah, Frank Sinatra, Orson Welles, Jimmy Stewart. Some are quite obviously they're just as cutaways, but the Americans seem to be able to get. A, you know, lots of people try to do roasts over here. Mm. They don't quite work. No, because I think we've got that. Hesitancy or timidity. You've got sometimes. to go for it. You've yeah. got to go for it. And but they do on that. Don't they? It's great. And listen, I've got to talk to you. Sorry. Go on. I watched the Orson Welles documentary, the yeah. Netflix one. Great. And then we went out to see a really strange film tonight called Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage. You came and you gave with that taking, and I said you're right. And outside, there's a friend of mine. It's not a, a, a guy that I, I know a little bit. A guy called Jonathan Sloman, who's an editor. And just the last few Is he events. A fast editor. <laughs> That's quite good, actually, for you. For you. (laughs) Um, And the last few events we've been at, Kath's gone, oh, there's your mate. He's been at, he was at They Might Be Giants. He's been Mm. at a few things. And he was there with his dad. And he introduced me to his dad. And I said, said, oh, so what do you do? And he's like a lecturer and stuff. But he kept saying, but that's not what my real job was. I kept saying, well, what's your real job? He said, well, I'm I'm a film editor. I said, okay, name a couple of films you've worked on then. He said, well, have you ever heard of One Million Years BC? I went, oh, my God! He's worked with Wells on a, on five films. None that he directed, I think, but five films. He, he had referred Wel- to him as Mr. Wells. Mr. Wells. He had Wells, Mr. Wells in doing looping and all oh. of that stuff. Would you, uh, would you mind awfully uh, also doing that slightly slower? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to do something? I've done Shakespeare in the park. And he was just listing all these... I mean, oh. Get him on your show. Well, they, have him. Well, he the, gave us his card. I've got his card. He's, oh, although he, he said school. he'd only meet me at 11 o'clock in the morning, which I thought was... Yeah, at BAFTA. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phone him up and have a chat with him. Oh, dear. It was the first film he reeled off was one million years oh, BC. Oh, masterpiece. We're only, saying al- my dad used to call her. We're only saying hello because it was our friend's dad. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, and how are you today? Anyway. May I say that, Kath, that's ever since like the ages stuff. Well, no, it's not well, really. It is, it is really. Well, the yeah. old man was obviously worth your time. I hope you've learnt from that. <laughs> <laughs>
Paul's feeling old. Can, can I mention a very quick thing on table yeah. tennis? Yeah, go on. Many years ago, I did that show, Bonkers Show, Most Haunted Live, and we did one live from Romania in the Carpathians at one of Vlad Dracula's... I many, remember. One of Vlad Dracula's many um, castles, OK? And the communist bloc had worked it so that from Russia they decided which of their satellite states would be good at which sport for the Olympics. Romania got table tennis. And wherever he went across this terrible bit of Romania, ruined by the communists, there were concrete table tennis tables with kind of wooden nets across, even though there was wind. And that's what the kids were meant to do. That was their only outlet was to practice in freezing cold parks all you had to play table tennis, al fresco. Fantastic. Paul, come in any time you want. Any time you're around, you you just... You're not the kind of listener I want. I'll contribute to them, are you? (laughs) Seriously? I'm just saying. Get the hell out of my I mean, the age profile, Kathy's making signs at me about... She's the kind of grand, she's granddad in me. She's, she's two years older than you are now. That's Outrageous. The, the speed it's going. Paul Ross will be on speed at one. Speed it's going. Paul Ross <laughs> will be on. My age doubles every time he talks about it. She's 52 now. Paul Ross. Get out now, please. Get out. Thank you. Paul Ross will be on at one o'clock. He does a proper show. He does, um, I always get confused. It's like Sunday night, Monday morning, I guess you'd say, um, through to Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, one o'clock till five o'clock, which is ridiculous hours. But and also it's a great show because he actually puts work into it and they have guests and stuff. Um, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand celebration life love. Let's make love on the radio. That doesn't sound right. That's not right. But let's just try and do it. Let's just try and do an upbeat show. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Hey Bath. Saturday night, the Rondo Theatre. There's ten tickets left. Ten tickets. Um, and you're in for a treat. Because we have decided that every live show we do from now on, we're going to be singing a song. And we've chosen a doozy. Kath chose a doozy today. You've chosen it. Yeah. Are we going to reveal what it... No, let's no, keep no. it secret. Keep it secret. Right, it's going to be a good one. Secret. You want it? You've got to come and get it. Uh, the Rondo Theatre, Saturday night. It's in Bath. Ten tickets left. Uh, if you go to ianlee.com slash event, um, you can uh, get the tickets there. Also, you can get tickets for the um, screening of Threads I'm doing in Halifax on December the 2nd with Reese Dinsdale. You're coming to that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. Um, I think Reese is going to come on the show in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant. I, I need to sort out a, a date and a time with him. He's going to come on and chat about that. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen Threads oh, it's yet. It's a but... laugh. You'll oh, love it. Seriously. Seriously. You are Christmassy. Gonna... Yeah. Oh, very really is going to set you up for the Christmas spirit. Uh, there's that. And on Sunday the 25th, uh, I think it's two o'clock in London, we are screening, we're going ahead with it. It's not, you know, ticket sales have not been great, if I'm honest, but we got enough to make, we got enough to make an event. Enough, enough to have a vibe. Hey, we're still, we're learning this stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't do it if there was going to be no vibe. There's going to be a vibe. Um, we're screening at the Rabbit Hole Picture Show, American movie. It's a very funny documentary People go, oh, I've not heard of it, so why would I come and see that? Um, because you've not heard of it, and yeah. it's eight quid, and, you know, eight quid's got to be worth a punt. It's a, it's a funny, funny film. It's not a horror film. I know a lot of people didn't want to come to the last one because it was a horror. It's not a horror. Haven't got a guest yet. The, I've emailed the main guy. He's not got back. So tomorrow I'm going to try and find a guest that we can get, get there to talk about. But if we don't get a guest, then we'll still have a little workshop 
about it afterwards as well. Um, and uh, always welcome to come and dress up. Always welcome. Um, do whatever. We'll have prizes. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have a couple of prizes for some things. We'll give away a couple of Imani CDs and things like that. You know, we'll, we'll do some things. We'll make it into an event. It's a tiny little room um, in a comedy club in King's Cross. And it's not like being in a similar... You, you can come and you can shout. You can make noise. You can get up and go for a pee. You can go to the bar. The bar is open. It's a really cool space. Yeah. And it's a, it, always a great atmosphere. To so North Down. So anyway, tickets for all of those events and the Christmas shows. And then I'm kind of thinking... Um, the, the first couple of months of, of 2019, just doing nothing, just letting it breathe a little bit in terms of live stuff. Maybe, maybe pick up in March or something. Yeah, let's think? see. You might be bored by January. Oh, I might be. I might be. But I just it, it, ianlee.com slash event. ianlee.com slash event. I tell you what it is. Is I'm kind of new at this. Um, you know, I've only been in this house three months. I'm kind of new at being a dad. Yeah, I moved out the, the, the marital home t- over two years ago, but I, I, I've been living. I was living in a place I didn't want to bring my kids, so I'm still very new at the being a weekend dad and having the kids over. And we haven't kind of got they come over every two weeks or every third week or something like that. And between now and Christmas, I'm working a day every weekend. I haven't got a, a clear weekend, so I can't have the boys come and stay with me. So I just need to... And that's my that's just bad planning on my my front. I didn't didn't think properly. Think, oh, maybe I need to leave a weekend free here. So, um, so just January, February, I, I just want to get into the thing of having the boys yeah. over a bit more and just, you know, just, just getting my head around how that works. And I know that also you want to get it so that it's like the new normal rather yes. than a big event and a big deal. Yeah, because it's tough, man. It's tough bringing kids to a new place because they're excited and but there might be a bit of resentment that they have to go back to the house they live in and it's it's getting the balance and i saw the boys briefly on saturday i had them saturday morning at their house and we went to the cinema then we went out for a bike ride and some geocaching and took the dog out and then when i left at lunchtime it was tough man it was tough for me i was sad and i was in a bit of a mood because of these pills made me here's what i was going to say here's what i was going to say gatford stay there we'll come to you in a bit I wonder, I've been thinking this weekend, how much of our behaviour is within our control and how much of it is driven by chemicals Mm -hmm. in our body? Because I'm coming off these really strong antidepressants, venlafaxine, Effexor is the uh, trade name, and my emotions are all over the place. Saturday night, I went to bed at six, no, a bit later than that, half seven, no, I was listening to loose ends in bed. So yeah, I went to bed about six, quarter past six. And um, th- th- I was thinking, right, this is it. This is me for the night. And then I got up about nine. But I was lying in bed and I was just sobbing, shouting out loud, something's happening to me. Something's happening to me. I was really confused and lost. And it's these pills. So I go from feeling elated to feeling very, very low and suicidal to hating myself to being in tears. It's a happy show, don't worry. We're kind of getting somewhere with this. To <coughs> feeling all right to feeling very, very short-tempered and grumpy. And I had that with the boys at the weekend. And mm. I've, I've explained to the boys what I'm doing with my medicine. And I said, look, sometimes my initial reaction is to be grumpy with you at the moment. And, and that's, that's chemicals. That's chemicals. And if I do it, you'd be very welcome to call me out. And my oldest said, well, shall I, shall I just say grumpy? I said, that is perfect. If I, if I do something that you think is unwarranted, just say grumpy. I will be able to check myself. And I can either go, no, actually, you were being a pain, or go, oh, you, you, you're right. Yeah. And I said, this isn't forever. It's, it's only for a few weeks. I'm not asking you to do this forever. It's just I'm going to need a little bit of help getting through this. And so Saturday afternoon, lunchtime, I left the kids, and I was getting, and they didn't call me out on it, and I was getting very grumpy with them. 
as I was going, even though it was... This makes me sound like a terrible dad. I knew it was really hard for them. And I was still a little bit... Oh God, I was tutting, tutting, doing that thing. And and it's not what I was feeling at all. And I came away, of course, I felt bad about it. And we talk about the, um, t- uh, boys in particular. Various points in their, li- in their life, they will get a huge shot of hormones, testosterone. And it causes them to act in very different ways. Mm-hmm. It causes them to be very, can cause them to become very aggressive. Not necessarily physical, although quite physical sometimes, but aggressive in language and aggressive in tone. And we know that some women on their monthly cycle can become very, very emotional because of the the hormones that are rushing through their body. I guess it's estrogen. I'm guessing. Yeah. And it can affect women in different ways. They can become angry. I've started tracking mine now because... Um, oh, maybe it's... we can make it a feature on the show. <laughs> I've started tracking it because it's reassuring to know that that's what it is. Because a couple of times you've been a little bit down or a bit snappy or a bit... Um, Just not feeling right. Not feeling right. A little bit um, lacking of confidence yeah. or something. And I will very gently, because we're good friends, I would say, do you think you might be on your period? And it's a week before normally. Yeah, and like a couple that. of times you've kind of come back and gone, "Oh, I think you were right." Yeah. Um, <coughs> so and so women could. Some women. He doesn't get... do it, by the way, gents at home. Like, yeah. oh my god, are you on your period? Doesn't do it like that. No, it's just a gentle <laughs> Not reminder. In a Donald Trump type way. State of this. It's just a gentle thing to. Maybe you want to think about this. This could be causing you to feel I'm so tra- despondent. I'm tracking it now, and it's flipping obvious. And it can make women aggressive. It can make them sad and despondent. It tearful. can make them tearful. It's all these different things. Uh-huh. Okay. And so it's really got me thinking, how much of our behaviour is chemical, yeah. is purely or significantly driven by chemicals. The fact that I could snap at my kids who were really sad that I was going, and I was sad I was going, but I could still snap at them. Logically and emotionally, I didn't want to, but I was snappy with them. The fact that you, um, for seemingly no apparent reason, can, can out of nowhere go, oh, God, I don't think I can do this and my career's going nowhere, and I snap with the, you sometimes yeah. snap with the kids. It's that same thing. And it's chemicals. Now, I don't, I've got nowhere to go with this thought. It just hit me yesterday. God, well, what about the person, what about the boss that loses his temper at work? Is that environment? Is that upbringing? Is that chemicals? What about um, the, all these different scenarios? How much of that is chemicals? How much of that is upbringing? How much of that is the environment mm-hmm. that's, that's around them? I guess and I don't know, the, the, measure, the measure would be, and it does require you knowing someone or, or yeah. knowing a pattern of behaviour, right? Yeah. So if it's all the time, then you know that it's not necessarily chemical. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just a thought, guys. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Good evening, Gatford. Yellow. Yellow. Coldplay's greatest song. Correct. Five points. Thank you very much. How are we doing this evening, Gang? Uh, uh, very, very well. Thank you. Good evening, Good Angel. Time. Angel is um, um, is listening to us. Them? She's driving on the motorway. She's listening to talk radio. We love our driving listeners. We love our home listeners. We love. Our... I don't know if anyone listens to us when they're at work. Oh, I'm sure they do. It must be. Yeah. We had a security guard that used to listen while he was at work. Um, Remember? Which one? Leslie? No, it was Luke, was it? The one that oh, um, saw the... <laughs> yeah, um, the, the Puma. Puma. The Puma, yes. That's the Puma. Well, what about truckers? Do they cross over into both work and drive? They, I oh, think totally, they, yeah. I think they yeah. do. I think they do. Um, and, of course, if they live in their truck, all three. Yes. Oh, you got it. You, you got it, man. What you got for us, 
Well, I had a, you sang good day. I had a good day today. Yeah. Uh, last week, uh, they ran a quiz at work, like those dingback things, you know, where you have to work out what, what pictures mean words. Sorry? Like one in a million. And then you put the word one in the middle of million. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I like those games, fun games. Yeah. And I won one. And I got chocolate coins on my desk when I got in this morning. One one was a racehorse. One two was one two. One 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 more race. Oh, balls up, balls up. Move it again. One one um, was a ra- shut up. Okay. One one was a racehorse. One two was one two. One 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 race. One two one one two. Boom. Wow. There you go. Special. Wow. You do it. You do it. No. I can do it faster. Round the ragged rock. The ragged rascal. Right. Huh? One one was a racehorse. One two was one two. One 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 race. One two one one two. Boom! Yes, I can go faster. Oh, I can go faster. I thought it was supposed to be Round the Ragged Rock, the Ragged Rascal Ran. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Thank you, John Gordon. Yeah. There we go. Round the Ragged Rock. There she's right. I'm going faster. Oh, here <clears> we go. One more race, one, two, one, two, one, one, race, one, two, and two. Brilliant. Boom. If you play that back slowly, you'll hear, you'll hear it. Sam, can you get that and play it slowly and we'll play it? After the news, can you do that? We'll get that in place. I was talking to my youngest the other day, walking to school, and um, we were, um, we often sort of, because I'm a fun mum. Fun mum. We'll say, can you remember what the word, the Spanish word for tree is? Can you remember? Oh, you're a boring mum. Yeah, boring (laughs) mum. She likes it. She likes it. Yeah, good. Um, Anyway, so, so we were talking about it, and we were talking about the difference between perro and perro. And one is a dog and one is butt, but not that kind of butt. We we established after a, a lot of laughing. I'm thinking, what's she laughing at? No, we don't mean bum. So anyway, she can't say r. So she was. Tr- I was trying to explain to how you make that noise. It's impossible to explain to someone how you make yeah. that noise. So I um, recruited my mate Yandy, who's from Chile, and I said, Yandy, can you help us with this? Because I, I need to explain to Little how you do this noise. And she just went, Okay, yes, of course. She got really close to her and went, Go. That was her lesson. Wow. <laughs> didn't, didn't work. Have you, ever, didn't have you ever tried to teach a kid how to do the popping thing? You know, yep. It's oh, impossible. Well, you, here's the thing. <laughs> Noises, you can't teach the kids. The, the no. amount of time I've spent trying to teach my boys to whistle. They, 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 the youngest oh. one can now. The eldest still can't do it. But you try, try and describe what your mouth is doing when you're whistling. So you purse your lips, okay. But my, the yep. tongue is behind the teeth, mm-hmm. the bottom teeth. You're blowing, but... But it's very not, gently. But you're not blowing because if you were blowing, it would be. Yeah, you have to but kind also, of purse. Not an easy word to describe. You make a little O with your mouth, and oh. and you're and you're not really blowing out. You're sort of blowing across your top lip, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Gatford, we've got to go. Thank you for that. Oh, three, the switchboard is now empty, dear listener. So if you give us a call, you will be on in the next hour. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative with Ian Lee and Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Okay. 
Stand up naked and grin. What a line. It was celebratory tonight. That is one of the best songs you've probably never heard. XTC, wrapped in grey. It's as good, if not better, than Hey Jude. And do you know what? It was a flop. Virgin withdrew the single. Mr Partridge thought this is going to be it. This is the one that's going to make us big stars all around the world. Virgin withdrew the single. So XTC did what any band would do in that situation. They went on strike. Didn't make another album for years. What a song, man! Dear God! Twitter was full of A-holes and B-holes and C-holes this weekend. Horrible, horrible, horrible place. Horrible. Really mean. Nasty. Hurtful. Unpleasant. Um, and I yeah, just... It's full of people kind of joining Twitter on the day, oh, in know. that moment, just, that to, uh, just to start stirring it. That's, 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 um, that's our mate. That's nut job. Um, and, and, and people, it was just horrible, really, really unpleasant, really dark. And I just thought tonight, let's just, let's just look into the light. Forget the darkness. Even if, you know, I'm kind of faking it a bit. I'm all right at the moment, but I'm faking it a bit. Sometimes you've got to fake it to make it. I was thrown up all weekend, but I'm not now. Thumbs up, everyone. I wonder if there's anybody, if you can think of it, then someone gets turned on by it, right? Mm -hmm. So, someone that can only have sex if their partner is throwing up. Oh, my God. If you can think of it, someone... someone, some, Sam's there nodding. If you can... He's not. He's looking disgusted. If you can think of it, then someone gets turned on yeah. by it. That's a simple thing, right? I think there is a throwing up um, kink, isn't there? There has to be. Yeah. And it can, be, it can go two ways. The partner has to throw up or you have to throw up whilst engaging. God. There will be. There will be. Um, 0344-499-1000. Switchboard's empty, so you want to give us a call. Now is a really, really good time. You can talk about anything you want, by the way. Absolutely anything. We've got more stuff to talk about. Um, oh, the, the the Japanese hologram wedding. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, that? I did see that. Oh, we'll do that in a minute. And also, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking, listen, I'm putting on a lot of weight and I'm feeling bloated and I'm, and I'm aware that I'm actually not really doing that much. Well, I think you've lost weight. Well, OK, but, but you're wrong, because I was watching myself on Twitch the other night and I got big titties. <laughs> I got big old titties. <laughs> so I need a bra for those things. You can shake those money makers. We, uh, by the way, tomorrow lunchtime, one o'clock, more Jackbox. Have you played the Jackbox party games? Playing it, uh, playing it last night on Twitch had... Um, Almost 100 people watching, which is great for me. Although there was... Basically, it's an interactive game where I stream this game on my PlayStation and you can play at home on your phones and on your tablets, right? It's great. you got eight people playing. But then there was one guy who came from Limmy's page and you, you can write answers or draw, draw things and everything he drew or wrote was, Ian is a pedo. I was like, oh, okay, mate, right, fine. Limmy's, Limmy's Twitch page last night was very dark. He unmodded everyone, which is fine. I was a mod and he got rid of me, that's fine. But as soon as that, then lawlessness it ruled. And there were 800 people, right? And this will sound funny to you. Okay, that's fine. I don't mind you laughing. It's funny. I guess it's funny, right? But it wasn't funny at the time. I was thinking, this is a bit... I wasn't even that put out by it. I just thought it was a bit Jeff, right? Like 800 people and a significant number of them were, were calling me a C and a nonce. And I was just there going... Well, this isn't fun. I didn't. It didn't upset me. I wasn't, you know, cutting myself and crying. Oh my god! I I just thought, well, this isn't fun. This isn't fun. Uh, and Limmy was was on top form, you know, and he was he was laying into me and laying into all the other mods. And but the, the, the followers just just not getting what makes his what makes his verbal attacks mm-hmm. so clever, right? He, that, he doesn't calling, mean them. No, he wasn't calling me a Nazi. He's probably calling me a C, but he bandies that word around quite a lot. Which, which they do in Glasgow, uh, and he does it, does it in a really delicious way. Um, but there's a lot of the people on there, which is thick, like a lot of the listeners here, I think. Not all of you, but you know, there's a couple that a don't get A lot of people on it. Twitter enjoy yeah. Pile On, don't they? And, um, and I just thought, oh, this isn't fun. So I went to my channel and started playing these Jackbox games, right, which are great. But then one of the Lemmy people came over and just going, you're a pedo. <sighs> okay. The thing is, it was all with my people. So my people are like uh, just going... Oh, God. You know, they weren't even getting angry. So, oh, God, there's always one. And it was, yeah. I didn't get it. Anyway, so if you go to twitch.tv slash Ian Lee, we were up late last night playing Jackbox. So I, it's all like silly part. There's a quiz. There's a drawing game. There's a rap battle where you write a rap and then robots battle against each other. It's funny. Filthy. NSFW, guys. NSFW. Not safe for Workingtons. Filthy. Um... And I'm, I'm thinking maybe I'll make that a semi-regular kind of lunchtime kind of thing. So tomorrow, probably around about one o'clock, come to my twitch.tv slash Ian Lee. Um, we'll play some games. And it's um, the people are very good that if they play a game, they're kind of quite happy to sit out the next one so that more people can come. Everyone seems to get a go. Maybe I can play this time. Well, you were playing, but without watching the, yeah, the Twitch the videos, yeah. which is kind of pointless. Well, but, yeah, I know. Well, you, 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 you came last. I didn't. You still I came beat some people. Last. You still beat some people. Um, and it's, it's fun, man. It's fun and it's stupid. And there was a lot of laughter. So we'll, we'll, we will do some more of that. We'll do that story in a second. I've just got a phone call here. So let's go to this first. Good evening, Simon. Hello, Ian. Hello, Simon. Hello, Cass. Hello. Oh, I've not heard that voice before. <laughs> Who's that? Oh. Oh. Hello. Oh, that's, oh. Um, that's old school children's uh, TV Jeez. presenter. Yes. <laughs> Hello, which, everyone. Which window should we look through today? <laughs> Triangle. <laughs> Triangle. What you got for a sigh? 
couple of things, just boring stuff, really. Oh. I was looking on YouTube, and because I saw a news story about this game, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, yeah. About um, suffragettes and beating up suffragettes and things like that. Right. Well, I, I checked it out on YouTube. I cannot believe the quality of the graphics. <laughs> So, hang on, you are shocked. That, and I, I, I find Red Dead Redemption, I've got to say, boring as hell. Um, but, um, you, so you read a story that the suffragette gets beaten up in it. So, outraged, you went online to try and find that scene. And then you're now you're going, look at the graphics. Isn't it good? Yeah, she, got, she got eaten by alligator. But, yeah, I was just blown away, really. Well, um... I don't know. I don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, well, the graphics are great. Really, really good pixel rate. What's that on PS4? <laughs> yes, Granddad, <laughs> and the Xbox. Oh, okay. Is there much of a difference in quality between oh, the for, two? I don't know. I don't know them. No, they're both really, really good. Still not as good as Horace Goes Skiing, eh? Thank you very much for your call, Simon. Thank you to Sally who sent us this from Vice Magazine. Can I uh-huh. read you this? Scouring the streets for vomit may seem like an odd hobby. Oh, God. But for some emetophiles, vomit fetishists, it's as much a part of their sexual repertoire as lube. Like any fetish... Don't worry, guys, I'm not going to get too graphic in this. We'll go as far as we can, and and when it gets to that point, we'll, we'll stop. Like any fetish, it has varying degrees of extremities, with some people reporting getting turned on just by seeing videos of people vomiting while others on the more extreme end might self-induce their sick or ask a partner to for them. It's not... There aren't any known stats on how many people share this kink, and the only major study into it, into it seems to be the one conducted by a professor of psychiatry, Robert Stoller, in 1982. So how do you navigate life when puke gets you off? I spoke to Ho, a 27-year-old from Hong Kong, to find out why he's more interested in your vomit than what's underneath your clothes. Okay. When did you discover that vomit was appealing to you? When I was 11. I couldn't stop replaying all the times I vomited when I was a kid. Boom. And of course, that's where it goes back to. A lot of the sexual attractions are kids. Spanking is if you got told off by a teacher or or your mum and they slapped you. And so you you kind of got might have got aroused by that. So that does that. Shoes are quite often to do with your mum's shoes and you're feeling turned on and you're seeing your mum's shoes. Um, pretty much every this is Freudian every um, sexual kink pretty much can be traced back to a, a childhood and it, trauma. Right, yeah, I was going to say it's something you got in trouble for or were made to feel ashamed of. Shame is is a is a big one. You might have got the slipper at school or the cane, and that's mm-hmm. why that's why um, getting caned, as in with a cane on your um, bare body, is is a particularly British fetish yeah you don't get caning so much in america or any other parts of the world that's quite often if you meet you, you, you'll see a, you, um america if you see an american escort or something talking about britishers oh I'll, I'll smack your bottom smack your bare body yeah. it's a very british thing well and having spoken to a dom what was it, it was while you were off yeah, I spoke yeah, to yeah. A, a, yeah. a dom and she said that it's you know a lot of high-powered kind of yeah. public school boy yeah. Type blow spanking is yeah, um, who really like being late, you know, made to feel lower. Yeah, and a lot of the, well, a lot of the sub dom things go back to school mm-hmm. or a very strict 
parent that would, would tell them off or make them sit in their chair until they finish their meal. She said and it's like men who have very stressful lives, yeah. stressful, responsible jobs quite like to be yeah. the one that's um, on the bottom yeah. of the pecking order for him. Um, so this suddenly, this suddenly isn't such a weird thing after all. Um, so I, I was 11. I couldn't stop replaying all the times I vomited when I was a kid. It was like an addiction. The first time I realised I was aroused was when I watched the vomit scene in the documentary Super Size Me in 2005. God. But my, my emetopho- uh, uh, emetophilia didn't intensify until... It didn't intensify until I successfully caught a man's vomit in 2011. It's strange because I hated the disgusting smell and taste of vomit as a child. There is nothing better in the world than the feeling about 15 seconds after you've vomited. That relief, the headache goes... Because I get really bad headaches when I vomit. And I I know exactly when I'm going to vomit because my tongue starts sweating. As soon as my tongue starts sweating, I know I've got 12 seconds to get to Mm -hmm. the toilet. It's, It's incredible. But that that stomachache and the headache, 10 seconds, 15 seconds after the vomit, they go. Now, they might come back again if you're having like a whole night of it. But if that's it, the relief. Yeah, the relief. Oh. This weekend, I just felt like I couldn't... Were you throwing sit- up? Yeah. Actually throwing up. And I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't... I couldn't lie down because I felt like it was making it worse. Yeah. So sitting up, felt like I was scrunching my... You know, it was just so uncomfortable. And then you would you think, right, OK, hopefully this one's the last one. Well, off again. When you, fi- when you feel that... You, you, did you get the relief for yeah. a bit? Then when you feel that stomachache coming back, you think, oh, God, no, I've got another one No, there can't be any more. Coming. I've got another one. Yeah, rubbish. It was awful. What is it about vomit that turns you on? The appearance. My favourite type is natural, caused by too much alcohol or illness. Vomit from food poisoning is great, but I won't beg for it. Oh, my. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping some bits here. Can you get aroused by your own, or does it have to be someone else's? I can be turned on my own, but I really hate the feeling of vomiting. I mainly turned on... This is fascinating. This is fascinating. This is gross, but it's fascinating. I mainly... T- I don't know if this guy's gay or straight. I mainly turned on by men's vomit. I'm more into vomit from straight guys or men who are dads. But it's very hard to find a straight man or a father to vomit for me. It's much easier to find a gay guy that isn't a dad to vomit for me. If I see someone doing it in public, it doesn't have to be someone I fancy. Um, as lo- but as long as it's a guy... Do you worry about revealing your kink to partners? It does make me feel dirty and a creep. I don't worry about telling partners. Only if I think they're the right person would I choose to reveal it. I'm bisexual and my boyfriend, as well as my ex-girlfriend, knew about it. They accepted it and luckily it had no significant impact. It's not a deal breaker. I've dated people who aren't into it and some haven't even known about it. Um, let me skip that bit. Is it an active part of your sex life or a fantasy? I haven't actually had full sex with my ex-girlfriend or my boyfriend. We just masturbate with each other. I have asked my boyfriend to vomit, but it isn't something I force him to do. He has done it sometimes, and then I masturbate with him. Um, okay, it goes on and on. I think it's probably as graphic as we need to get. Isn't it fascinating? Isn't yeah, it fascinating? Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Um, well, we're celebrating. I suppose it's a celebration. We're celebration, celebrating the fact that the world is a strange place, and... All of us have different little kinks and things that get us going. Andrew will come to you in a second. Catherine's got a great story that we're trying to get a guest on for later in the week. And I th- I'd never heard of this thing before, but you you were, you were knew loads about it. Well, I knew the term from working with Katie Puckrick. 0344 499 1000. Just tell us what the term is and then we'll go to the ads. Yoni. Yoni. 
The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Well, Jojo, I can say that because she's tweeted, it's a public forum. She went out with a guy um, who was in, who was in, 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 not in a metaphobe. And a metaphile. A metaphile. I dated one. He was considerably younger than I. Me. You should have said me there. Mm-hmm. And had some choking-related issues, but vomit, specifically mine, was a big turn-on. How, here's the thing. Right. How did he... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something and then realised I was going to say something that was funny, but I didn't mean to be. How did he bring it up, is what I was going to say. How, what, was, what, was the, what, was, what was the conversation like? Because, you know, a lot of relationships break down because one person is too nervous to say the thing that really turns them on in case the other one goes, what? Yes. You know, even if it's just like a little bit like a spanking or something, they might be scared. To, 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 I've been frightened in the past to say to partners, do you know what? I quite like it if you do this and put a finger there. And do, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you should, as I've got older, I kind of think, God, I wish I'd had the confidence in my 20s to say what really worked for me because life would have been so much easier. And the person could either go, well, do you know what, I'm not into that, or well, I'll give that a go, it sounds like fun. And as I've got older, I'm kind of more, more, more relaxed with it. But something as extreme as that, how does the conversation... Jojo, if you want to give us a call, you'd be very welcome, and I understand that you, I know you, you're a shy caller, and you're a shy caller, so gals you to call in about something like that would probably be quite tricky. So you can carry on tweeting us if you don't mind. Or you can send me an email. You've got my email address, ian at ianlee.com. How does the person go... Look, you know, I think I, I think we're having great sex. I'm loving the sex, but do you know what would make it? <laughs> I'm loving the sex. Thanks for the sex, everyone. So the sex is so nice. What would make it better is, um, I'm just I'm just going to say, it, is if you throw up for me while we're doing it. <laughs> oh my god! While I'm humping you, if you could make yourself on it. <laughs> on me. That reminds me of the. Um, <sighs> have you got to be in the Adam Sandler special? Where he says, oh, me and my wife, we have a great time in the sack. We do it every which way and uh, we're quite experimental and we, we have a safe word. And the safe word is, really? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you kind of didn't quite commit to the American accent. So it went back and it went forth there and it was, sometimes it was you. And yeah, I know. Was, you should go for it. Yeah. You do a great American accent. What? Go. What are you talking about? There we go. <laughs> give, us, give us an Al Pacino. Hoo-ha! <laughs> Um, Jojo, if you want to give us a call, you're very welcome. But I know um, how... Oh, here we go. Someone's listening to the show. I've just had a Google alert. I've got my name on Google alerts. Uh-huh. Oh, God, that's a really bad idea. No, it's not. It's, it's, well, it is because there was a guy called Ian Lee who was murdered recently. Or he might have murdered someone. I don't know. Someone from The Sun is listening. Oh, good. Um, my time is over. Ian, oh, maybe it's from... They got this from... Uh, from uh, Twitter. My time is over. Ian Lee admits he's dreading the return of I'm a Celebrity because he feels jealous and left out after finishing third last year. The comedian and TV star. Neither of those things. Hey, but at least I'm not calling you sad comic. Tragic comic. Was having a candid moment on Twitter ahead of the 2018 return of I'm a Celeb. Comedian Ian Lee has opened up uh, the 45-year-old funny man. (laughs) Who he? Uh, was a contestant on the 2017 series of the long-running ITV reality show where he finished third. Ian had a difficult time on the show, with many viewers feeling he was bullied by some of the other cast members. Reflecting on his time, Ian says he has mixed feelings about the show returning to screens next week. I don't have mixed feelings. I'm dreading it. The feelings are very unmixed. I'm also dreading I'm a Celeb starting up, he began. 
I'm ooh, making the statement on Twitter after revealing he's dreading Christmas. Oh, God. Really hard to explain, but the essence is jealousy, a feeling of being left out and a sense that my time is over and I return to being a nobody again, he continued. Oh, here we go. Having nightmares and knots in my stomach about it, he added. His moment of honesty provoked a flood of reassuring messages from fans, with many assuring he's not a nobody. However, his comments also drew the attention of less friendly quarters of the Twitterverse, with some lashing out at him for regarding the public as nobodies. That's literally not what I was saying, the star responded as some began to round on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, God. Alas, the TV star, alas. <laughs> Come to a minute, Andrew, sorry. Alas. Alas, the TV star felt forced to defend himself. FFS! <laughs> Do I really have to make it clear I was not referring to people who hadn't been on the show as nobody, he stressed? Oh, well done, son, for, for quoting this. I was referring to the eternal emptiness and spiralling depression that is my soul as my life seemingly falls apart Meccano bit by Meccano bit, he added. <laughs> OK, so, so we now know that it's that time of the year where we've got to just be very careful about what we put on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, we have. However, fans advise Ian to take no notice of the haters. Uh, I'm a celeb is starting soon. Um, OK, great, fine. Well, there you go. There's a little reminder uh, of what you could have won. <laughs> Andrew! Hello. Hello, Andrew. Oh, my, my line dropped. I'm, I'm glad you changed subject because all that talk about sick, really, that's bringing back up my lunch I've just had. It's horrible. Well, you get the taste of it for the price of one. <laughs> it's a bonus. It's coming back. Oh, oh nice. Not, here's the thing. I... When was the last time I threw up, Catherine? When was the last... Do you, do you know... <laughs> I would have told you about it. God, yeah, probably in great detail. Um, I've not thrown up in the new house. Haven't you? No. Oh, I know the last time I threw up. Yeah. <laughs> so I threw up a lot. I was throwing up black. Uh, anyway. Back in the dark oh, days. Back in the dark old days, Andrew. I was throwing up. I was throwing up thousands oh, of pounds no. worth of throw up. Anyway, anyway, it's, we're, we're being yeah, silly. Go on. So back. we're back. We're, we're away, back. and we're walking away we're from the sick. The we're walking away from the sick. You, you mentioned it Pretty this away. time. What have you got? Oh, oh by the way, I was really thrilled the other day when my daughter used the word chunder. I said, "Oh, where'd you get that from?" Shut you. <laughs> Good for her, Andrew. Yes, oh, please. God. So, um, a celebratory show. Yes. Um, uh, I came over. I've, I've been over to the last couple of rabbit shows. So I did the um, the, the rabbit hole in Brighton and the film club in uh, in London uh, last month. Oh um, yeah, I remember. Hello, Andrew. Andrew. I remember. It's Las Vegas, yeah, Andrew. Yeah, Las Vegas, Andrew. That, this guy's like, insane. Yeah. <laughs> I know, no. Um, and I'm not going to make it back for this next one. But right, in, in the spirit of celebratory, Pla- plastic fan. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. And I, I reckon there's quite a few guys or girls out there like me that listen to your show yeah. and would probably really want to go, but they want to go on their own, probably feel a bit weird about yeah. it and so on. And I thought, what if, uh, considered like a, a sponsorship or a scholarship, oh. if I'm not going to be able to make it, if I buy two tickets oh. for two pairs, two singles, if you like, and donate them to people like me, oh. sad singletons who want to turn up but don't know if they're going to fit in. But, you know, it's the, it's the best time. You know, when I was there in Brighton, I ended up sitting next to those three crazy drunk women who were oh, lovely, actually, were, mad yeah. as hatters. I know. <laughs> Could have gone either uh, way then, with those delightful women. <laughs> and it I went know, one I way. Know. They were, they were lovely. Brilliant. 
they were. And then the last one in London, I ended up sitting next to, I think it was James. Uh, really nice chap. Yeah. And I think the thing that I think people need to know is when you go to these things, they're so they're celebratory, they're fun, they're friendly. You know, they, there's no awkwardness if you turn up on your own. It's just brilliant. So I want to buy two separate single tickets and, with your permission, donate them to whoever well, wants to okay. use them. Before. For, for, so I don't know how you're going to allocate them. Well, OK. OK. Well, hang on a second. Here's the thing. Uh, um... Mm. Um, we should we should stress that people a lot of people come on their own because some people say I would have come but I didn't want to come on my own. Listen, man, I know it's exactly. weird, right? But a lot of people come on their own, and you it would be very easy if you wanted to to strike up a conversation with the person next to you. But also, if you just wanted to sit at the back and not talk to anyone. It's really easy to do that as well. It's not one of those shows where we kind of pick on people. Um, we, we pulled a Ouija board out of the last show, and one woman obviously looked uncomfortable, and, and I said, are you okay with this? She went, I'm not really. The Ouija board went, board went back in the bag. You know, it's, it's not a show where we do I tell you what, right, okay, I'm not going to let you do that, Andrew. I'm not going to let you buy tickets for other people. That's very kind. But I like the idea. So... Let's give away two tickets. Mm-hmm. We've we, we got the power to do that. So, Andrew, your idea is, is happening, but you, you don't have to put your hand in your pocket because you're a good man and oh. you've come up with a good idea. So let's get... Well, what show do we... I mean, we could try it for the bath show on Saturday. We can see if two people... OK. So are you saying two strangers that don't know each other... Get well, that's what I was thinking, two yeah. Tickets. Two tickets. I was going to buy a ticket and see if I could make it, but I can't. So... Right. I'll be, I'll be happy to stretch too. In order to, what I want to do is make sure you keep this going. So the other week you were saying that if they don't sell, then you may have to look at well, canning it. And I don't want that to happen because yeah, it's such film. a brilliant thing. The film, film the club. film club is is a punt, and it's 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 out of our sphere and it's new. And we've we've it is the mm. thing. The venue holds sixty. We've hold, we've sold thirty right for this this one in a couple of weeks, and which means we make our money back. And hopefully, I'm not even worried about us making. I'm worried about the venue making money on the yeah. bar. That's yeah. what that's what it's about. They have got to make money on the bar. <clears throat> Otherwise, they'll say to us, "It's not really worth us putting you up." Mm. So it would be great to get a few more people there. So I tell you what, we will do then for the um, film club on Sunday the twenty fifth, and we'll do it for the, the the show in Bath as well, right? If we can find two individuals, we got basically we got two tickets for each one to give away, I suppose. But but for one person and one person, right? And we're we trusting two nervous flyers, yeah. And we're trusting that you're not. <laughs> You know that someone's not doing this to get a free ticket, then they buy a ticket for their their boyfriend or something. You know, we, we do we do this. It's a trust thing, man. It's just because we will call you out if that's the case. We'll destroy you. Um, if there is one, if there are, if there is one person times two that wants a ticket to come and see us in Bath, oh uh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you're a shy caller, you can send me an email, ian at ianlee dot com. And the same thing if there is a, a couple of people who are coming. Separately, one you know, I don't know how to phrase this. So it's just two individuals, but that makes it can still. We've be got a, two tickets. We've got two tickets for two separate people yeah. who don't know each other. Yeah, is what we're saying for that and the film club. Is that right, Andrew? Have I got that right? Uh, I, that sounds about right. That's what I was trying to get across. But I think you put it better than I did. I don't think I did, though. I really don't think I did. But, but oh. seriously, and I know <laughs> we say worked. this, but it, it back us up, Andrew. It's the sort of thing where you might turn up on your own, but once you're in that room, you're not on your own. It's a, it's a real sort of communal atmosphere. Exactly, and it is so nice 
even if you are just that person to sit back and, yeah. and just be by yourself and not want to mix. And also... You still have a great time. Also, you, once the first person takes their clothes off, it just, honestly, that just breaks the, breaks <laughs> the seal. Everyone takes their clothes <laughs> off. We have not, not had anybody refusing to take their clothes off. <laughs> no, mine were off within about four or five minutes. You were, yeah, yours were off yeah, in the yeah, queue <laughs> to get in, you dirty boy. <laughs> Andrew, you're a good man, and that's a really lovely idea. So thank you very much for that. It's appreciated. No worries. Now no, switch off the radio for the next yeah. five minutes because we're going to speak to Jojo about um, uh, Vovo. Um, good evening, Joe. Hello. Well done for calling in because I know you're a shy That's caller. Okay. I, wa- I walked away from the sick and then walked back into it for you. So, so uh, tell us. Yeah. So we would tell us what happened. Okay, so it's about ten years ago, and he was considerably younger than I was. Go on, give so us give us the I stats. A, I was a lot younger. I think he was about twenty-two, and um, oh. and I was. I was early 30s, oh, okay. and I okay. just split up with my children's dad. Yeah. And, you know, when you have the sort of new relationships, people do talk now, I think, a lot more openly than maybe our generation yeah. did. Yeah. So, you know, they have lots of discussions about what are the lines, what are the things you, you know, that you wouldn't want, what are the things that you would want, you know. Wow. It's all terribly, terribly romantic. Yeah. Um, and, and, and for him, he, it, it materialised that vomiting is something... That really turns him on. And how er, how early how early on in the in the relationship did, was that mentioned? I think quite soon on. I think wow. I mean, if I'm really honest, it wasn't a relationship as in yes, you know uh, you know. I don't think either yeah. of us felt that this was something that was going to have any legs. Right. Um, so think, there was nothing to lose. No, absolutely, absolutely. We so so you're sat okay. there having a chat in bed and you're going, well, I like it if you do this. And he said, well, I like it if you touch that. And you said, I like it uh-huh. for this. And he went, well, I like it if you throw up. That really turns uh-huh. me on. Mm-hmm. And what was, was your... something like that, yeah. What was your thought process to that? I don't know. I think there's worse. I really, really do. I've had a lot worse. I think that it's kind of... I mean, it is strange. And then the fact that when we picked it apart and actually had some discussions about it, it turns out that he did have some psychological yeah. issues himself around um, choking to the point where he would just randomly call ambulances because he thought that he was choking to death. And it was just... You know that anxiety feeling you get when everything closes up? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You feel like you can't breathe? Oh, God, It yeah. was like a Panic. severe manifestation... Yeah, it was a severe manifestation of that. What? So, you, know, you say... You say you think there are some things worse than a man getting turned on by his partner vomiting. Uh-huh. What have you yeah, come? I'm... What have you come across that is worse? I don't know. I just don't see it as a particularly. Wow. It's, it's not. I don't see it as a particularly bad thing. I wonder because if it's because don't... you're a parent. Like we deal with vomit Maybe, all the time. You yeah, know what goes in, yeah. so you kind of recognise it when it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like I'm expected to eat my own vomit or anything like that. It comes out. So it's kind of... And and I think, like, it doesn't take a huge amount to think about the certain ways in which you'd induce that vomiting. So it'd be part of some other process. Oh, no! Well, you... It's, it's a, so right. you don't just sit there and go, right, I'm going to be sick no. now. Are you telling me... Yeah, she is. That, I am. That you would... You would... Orally, you right. would, yeah, mm-hmm. we get it. You would give him oral pleasure. You would, you would put his penis in your mouth, mm-hmm. and then you would vomit on his penis. Well, to, yeah, to turn him on. Uh huh. That's that's about the sum of it. 
Yeah, it gets talked about at many dinner parties these days. I, you know, I'd like to bring it up, I'd like to let people know. If and a full-on full chunder, not just like a little bit of, like, yeah, yeah. spewy... And then, and then, what, I would, then what I would always do is make him um, wash my hair afterwards. That was your thing? Yeah. I've known, I've like, known women who right, get turned I... on by, by, by hair, being, hair being washed. I can dig that. Yeah, I was like, well, if you're going to do that, you can... I'll, I'll also, you've probably got chunks in it and stuff, so... Yeah, 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 absolutely. So it but, then, a bit of but then... Oh, can I ask you anything? You can. I might not answer, but I'll, I'll do you my Perfect. You know best. the rules, then. Good. Thank you. Uh-huh. After you had vomited on his penis... Yeah. Would you then have penetrative sex? I don't believe we did. Okay. No, I don't, okay. I don't believe we did. I think at that point it would then be... I mean, we are talking about ten years ago, and I've got an appalling memory, but I, I don't think so. I'm imagining I'm entirely... if that was his yeah. thing, that was probably enough. Yes. Yes. I'm interested to know if he's done it with anybody else since and wh- or whether it was just something that I was really quite liberal about. Did it, I can't imagine many people. Did it turn you on or was it just one of those things? Sometimes we compromise in the bedroom. As long as we don't find it uh, against our own ethics or morals, we'll do it because actually we know that it gives our partner pleasure. So did it turn you on or were you just doing it because you knew that it worked for him? I like getting my hair washed. It was really nice. Perfect. I can't argue with that, Joe. I, I can't. I really didn't. I was just so, you know, and the thing is, is that I do think that I do, I genuinely think the younger generation are much, much better Brilliant. at talking about things Good. openly. And, and, and I think what that means is that they will hopefully have more fulfilled and more varied sex lives. I hope so. As a consequence of that, because, because they break down those barriers quite early. Yeah. Um, I certainly haven't met anybody since that's asked me to do it, and I, I doubt I'll be asked to do it again, but it, it, it didn't particularly horrify me. Um, well, I hope, I hope young people are talking more about what works for them in... in I was, was going to say in the bedroom. Gosh, how old-fashioned. I mean, in the car, in the garden, yeah. in the bum. Yeah. All of these <laughs> different all of these different places that you... It's OK mm-hmm. to do it, guys. Not just the bedroom. Well, the worrying thing is that, actually, <laughs> the tendency is towards not doing it with a partner anymore. Yes. In Japan, people are not having sex. Yeah, the, 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 we talked about this population is going down. Because really? People, yeah, yeah, because they're... This, they're they're engaging in, you know, solo sessions in their bedrooms yeah. because of well, technology. Yeah. Oh, we'll speak about that in a minute. We've got a story. But, yeah, the, the population number is decreasing rapidly in Japan. It's out- incredible. It's a big worry for them over there. Um, Joe, I really sure appreciate is. your... Um, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you very much. You're more than welcome. No problem. Cheers, my dear. Thank Ta-ta. You. Bye-bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. We're celebrating tonight. We're celebrating people's different quirks and kinks. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation. Wealth losing sleep over. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Thank you for that, Joe. I appreciate that. That was um, that's giving us something to chew over, isn't it? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Um, Kath's got some great stories. I want to get to in a bit. Oh, by the way, talking celebratory. Toy Story Four is coming out. Come on, man. Toy Story Four is coming out. You know? Do you like the Toy Story movies? I love them. What's the one where they go to the incinerator at the rubbish dump? That's is that the last two? one? Isn't is it? that, is that three? two or three? Three. That's the best. That's the best one. That's the but they, it's amazing, right? Because they all, they all they're all going to die, and they know they're going to die, and they're fighting and they're struggling. And what, I can't I haven't seen it for a while, but one of them just kind of puts their hand on the others and is like, "Here we go. This is it. 
This is it. Don't, don't struggle. Let's just let's just relax. This is it. We've had a great run. This is it. It's heartbreaking. And then of course they get saved. But it's heartbreaking because they all just they all they all hold hands and accept that they're going to die. It's incredible. Pixar are amazing at that, aren't they? Yeah. There's those moments where you think, right, the adults are seeing something slightly different. Yeah, yeah. It gets you that the beginning of Up. Coco, which I watched again Coco, yesterday, man, flipping it gets me every time. Oh, Coco God. is a movie, but I, I didn't watch Toy Story for ages, and then obviously you get kids and you watch it. And I thought oh, this will be crap. Whoa, I was blown away by it. What? Well, of course, I've now seen them all like a million times because the kids watch movies as I did when I was a kid, millions of times. Um, and uh, they're just uh, they're just brilliant. So Toy Story four, come on! Is it four or is it five? Is- it's four. four. They do. They did like a Christmas one or a Halloween one. I think they did a sh- Halloween short. Was it Halloween? Like a Halloween short. The, the, the toys that time forgot. I think it was um, like a little fifteen twenty so minute good. thing. They're brilliant, man. And Tom, Tom Hanks. Who'd have thought when, when we when we watched Tom Hanks in Bachelor Party, you know, which is which is a lousy movie. Who'd have thought that he, out of all of those kind of eighties, I mean, Bachelor Parties, the, the jokes about having sex with donkeys and stuff in it. He, out of all of those eighties. You know, kind of almost B movie film stars will go on to become the greatest. He's the Lawrence Olivier of the twenty first century. That guy. There's I don't know. More of a Jimmy it. Stewart. Well, more of a Jimmy Stewart. You're right. That's, that's a really good comparison, actually. But who'd have, who'd have thought? Well, who'd have thought? He's the everyman, isn't he? Yeah. By the way, great documentary on Netflix. Dogface Dave told me about it. As did Morgan Neville, the guy who made it. And Morgan Neville is the director. Nigel, I'll come to you in a second. Is the director of the uh, Mister Rogers movie which is out now you get a chance to see it go and see it right and uh, he was also over promoting this uh, they'll love me when i'm dead which is a documentary about the film that orson wells started filming in 1970 i think he finished filming in 1976 and then was edit- editing it up until his death and then it, the tapes got stolen all blah, blah, blah. it's a documentary about that it's on netflix it is great Really, really good. Orson Welles is fascinating, right? So he was filming this party scene for this film. <clears throat> and he filmed it over three years. Just when an actor would turn up that he wanted, he'd film the party scene again. And, and be, people were going, well, this is nuts. But there's a, then they showed a scene in another film that he directed, right? This is insane. And it's two centurions or something having a fight. And you see a centurion smacking one in the face, right? And then you see the, the other centurion sort of going... Falling, getting you see, getting hit in the face, falling on the floor, and getting up and running away or something. Right, the punch was filmed two years before the reaction shot. Gosh, two years and about two thousand miles away. Isn't that insane? Mm-hmm. And he, that's how good he was. I think there's a lot of similarity between him and Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson, it's peak before you know, just as, as he tipped over the edge, when Brian Wilson was making good vibrations and smile. Smile was the one that didn't quite work, but Good Vibrations. He would he, he he recorded Good Vibrations in about six different studios over about six or eight months, and he'd just record different bits, and he'd have all these different bits that, if you heard them on their own, sounded like nothing. But he knew that if he took thirty seconds from that, and then twenty seconds from that, and uh, put them next to each other, then got fifty seconds from that and put it over the top, it would make this this whole song. And it's the same thing with Orson Welles having the 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 skill to shoot a punch. In one country, and then two years later in another country, you shoot the the, the other side, the guy getting hit, falling down, and, it, and no one knowing. No, the precision involved. Amazing. Amazing. When you talk about... Um, Such a good film. Orson Welles, it reminds me of that story that Joe McGrath told us. Oh, yeah. Peter Sellers. Yeah. Trying to show off to his fellow cast oh, members. Do you remember yeah, this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it with Princess Margaret? Yeah. Brought her onto the set, and he's, like, showing around. And yeah. So, 
And then, then there's Mr. Orson Welles. And yeah. of course, Orson Welles is like, oh, hi, Margaret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they know each yeah, other already. Exactly. It's really good. I don't know that much about Orson Welles. I've seen Citizen Kane and I loved it. I, I've, I've not seen the, um, the Ambersons, I think it is. But oh, I, the I Magnificent Ambersons. Yeah, I'd my like dad's to favorites. see that. Um, and I don't really know that much about him, but I just find him a fascinating character. And it's such a good documentary. They'll, they'll love me when I'm dead uh, on Netflix. It's great. Really, 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 really well done. And then the last sort of two minutes of it. I think Morgan Neville is, is I don't want to say genius. Genius is, is, I've not made my mind up whether he's a genius yet, but he's, he, at the very least, he's flipping brilliant at what he does. He's brilliant at telling a story. And a lot of it is reconstructive. A lot of it is interviews with Orson Welles from the time and then the people that were involved now. And scenes from the film. And they've reconstructed the film now. Never got finished, but they've reconstructed it. But then the last two minutes of the documentary, and you go, oh, that is a classy move, Mr Neville, to put that in at the end. Really classy move. Go on, you can And how that. does Orson Welles come across? Because it feels like that um, Morgan Neville's got a real eye for, you know, warmth and depth of character. Oh, no, he comes across... Um, no. Oh, he's awful, is he? No. He comes across... As at times very charming, uh-huh. there's very charming, but mainly a control freak, um, and a and a bully, yeah, and a bully. There's a guy, there's a guy in the film making this film that he's making. It's a comedian, and, the, and he says, "I want you to be in my film." He says, "Okay, I've got three weeks, and then I've got a Vegas engagement. I've got three weeks." Awesome, I said, "You'll be done in a week." Six weeks later, he's still filming, and this guy's going, Orson, I'm, I'm losing thousands of... Th- I'm, you're not paying me. I'm losing thousands of dollars. I've got a Vegas engagement. Orson Welles says, well, I don't care. You're working for me now. And so the next day, they I think they filmed most of his scenes for months, and then he is like, one more scene to do, but he left. Orson Welles went mad. He said, right, we're shooting all of his stuff again. And they've been filming for like three well, months with him. They cut him out. Cut him out. They got Peter Bogdanovich who is the movie director, um, who was going out with Sybil Shepherd? they got him in to reshoot everything. Everything they'd done with this guy, right? But then, it, it, then, the, then he... And Peter Bogdanovich was this guy who was obsessed with Orson Welles and was, like, a huge fan and loved him. But then Orson Welles is putting in loads of... Like, a character who is obviously meant to be Sybil Shepherd, his wife and being very derogatory about his relationship with her. It's, incre- it's incredible. A lot of mind games. I would suggest Insecure knows that he's a genius. Manipulative. Manipulative, but also that thing of feeling completely shafted. And he was shafted by Hollywood. Right. I don't quite understand the backstory there, but he was. And bitter. Bitter. Right. Bitter is So the he's word. entitled to behave exactly as he wants yeah, yeah, to yeah. because he's been very, wronged. Very, very bitter. I get you. Very bitter. It's a great documentary. Um, Nigel! It's Nigel time! It's Nigel's time. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. How are you guys? Good, thanks, man. Um, I'm I'm shocked to hear about Miley's house. Did it it get burnt down in the... um... There's a news piece on my Facebook somebody sent me. Yeah. And uh, it's very bad. There's a picture of the house burnt down and... and, um, yeah, but she says her boyfriend's fine, and so are animals, so she'll, yeah, she'll, yeah. she'll manage. But it's very bad out there, isn't it? It's awful. I've never it is horrendous. It. I know um, 
um, I was speaking via direct message to the wife of Mickey Dolenz because yeah. they had to evacuate, and you know yeah. they're they're blessed that they got out. Actually, their house hasn't been touched, uh, but but Donna Dolenz was was saying it was horrendous. You know, uh, everyone just got evacuated. We had to grab what we could and, and leave. Yeah. How yeah. terrifying! But uh, as someone, uh, as someone sent them the piece about Marley Cyrus uh, news piece onto my Facebook, so that's uh, I didn't know. I didn't have the news on. Otherwise, I, I, I suppose it was on the news. Yeah, oh, it was on the news. Yeah. yeah. Go on, my, Catherine. Catherine, you were going to say something. Yeah. Go on. Anyway, hang on, hang on, no, Nigel. No, no, it doesn't matter. No, it, was, uh, it was just I was going to yeah. say, you know, for most of those um, multi-millionaire movie stars, I mean, it's still a hit. It take a hit, and it's their home and everything. But they're being really kind of um, conscious of the fact that people have died, and there are people who can't afford to mm-hmm. rebuild their houses that have lost their homes. You know, it's a terrible yeah, situation. It, it, yeah, especially if you haven't got the money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Nigel, yes, so your time I, to shine. I, so I want to do do my Miley song, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna come in. I'm gonna let, I'm let you hear more of her than me. Well, so we'd rather. Well, I just come in on the call. All right, fine, whatever. Go on. I I'm I gonna do. I, I miss you. That one. Okay, where you go? Because we haven't I'm got much time. with the chorus, but this is especially for Miley. Okay. okay um, Who misses her house? Good good luck to Miley. I hope I've sent a message on private to her. By I the hope, way, I hope your insurance and your millions of dollars covers it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> and where you going, Ice? We're running yeah, out of time. Right, okay. Miley Cyrus and everybody who's been um, touched by the fires in Malibu. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's a tribute to Miley. Well, she's she's still alive. I mean, she's not dead, is she? No, I know, but to yeah. get her house better. Yeah. Well, let's hope <laughs> her house gets better, Nigel. Thank you very much. You're a very, very kind soul. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Just may be the one 
invented all the pleasures and the fun. So understand beside them, and you just may be the one. on the bass. This is just such a great intro. What an intro, man. Oh. Straight in. Six seconds, you're straight in. No messing around. There's something a bit birdsy about that. There is, there? yeah. Well, this is the 12 strings. This is the 12 string guitar. Well spotted. Um, I listened to that album because I, I, I was so caught up in like releasing monkeys rarities and putting out stuff. What stuff you've not heard? And it's like, I've kind of just forgot. I've, the other day I put a greatest hits in my car for the first time in, in years. And then I was listening, that's from the, the album Headquarters, an album I never really rated. But I put it on at the weekend as I was baking cookies. I baked cookies for no reason other than I was bored and I had the ingredients. So I made some cookies. And, uh, and I put that on when I was making cookies. Whoa, what a record. What a record. We celebrate. Today's show, right, listen, Twitter has been just full of a holes. And this weekend has been an emotional weekend. And so just tonight's show, just, we just celebrate. You want to phone up, have a whinge? We'll do that, we'll do that tomorrow night. That's fine. That's fine, but tonight let's just celebrate. Celebrate. And, um, I mean, we've celebrated some dark stuff. We've celebrated uh, people's personal sexual kinks, I guess you could call it that, if you wanted to. You know, your turn-ons that may be a minority turn-ons. There's a lot of talk about feet and stockings on Twitter at the moment. That's a good noise. Um, yeah, it's getting very horny on Twitter. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you could exclude me and Catherine from that <laughs> conversation. You, you dirty harlots. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Um, and, well, you talked about loads of stuff. You know the score. Give us a call about anything. Oh three, four 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 nine nine one thousand. 499 has tweeted, I'm new to talk. Just want to double check. Is Nigel, is Nigel a Miley Cyrus fan? I'm not sure. Oh, I, I think he oh, might have a passing interest. I've never asked him, Rosalind. But if you keep listening, uh, Mondays to Fridays, uh, 10 till 1, who knows? We won't find out more. By the way, I should just say a little bit of business. Uh, you can listen to us on DAB. You can download the Talk Radio app or any of the radio apps and get us on there. I tend to listen on my computer. I've got uh, Radio Tuna up in the top right. I listen to it on that because it's a nice, friendly little app. Uh, or you can go to talkradio.co.uk. Uh, if you're listening to us via one of the other methods and you've not been able to get us on your DAB radio, because the, the, the coverage is pretty lousy, they've put up in the past couple of months some new transmitters. So I have been um, informed that for a lot of you, if you go to your DABs that were unable <coughs> to pick up, excuse me, talk radio before and do a deep 
deep retune or a deep reset or a deep something. Um, there is a very strong possibility that talk radio, uh, as well as a couple of other stations, will pop up where once it was not there. So don't just do like an auto scan. You've got to do like the deep scan. Um, and I'm not telling you how to do that, for God's sakes. Sometimes it's press and hold. Sometimes it's a special button. <laughs> Catherine, we're not talking about fetishes now. Um, so do that and then oh. listen and tell people. And that'll be fun. Can we get onto, can we get onto your Yoni now, please? Well, now? Yes. You don't want to hear about modern cavemen? Oh, you let's hear, hear Yonis. Let's hear Modern Caveman. Well, Yoni was just a comment in passing, wasn't it, earlier? We were talking about um, various words for um, the, the female pudenda. Yeah. And I said um, that Yoni, or Yoni, some of you may hear it as Laurel. Um, oh. little joke there for no one. Um, is is a kind of, from the Sanskrit, and it's um, part of Tantra. So you've got the Yoni is the female part. And then the lingam is the male part. Ooh, lingam. And then I went to try and explain it to you, and I and I and I Wikipedia'd it, and I got onto yoni massage. Apparently, yeah. you can you can pay a therapist to massage your yoni, uh, ladies. So there, so this is this is a massage, and indeed your lingam, chaps. So so the but the yoni is your fanny. I think it's like the inside and the outside. So your vulva and your vagina. Okay, and you can pay someone to massage. Uh huh. It's pretty much that. I mean, I've got a description here. Stop it. It, pe- it appears to me, and we're going to hopefully get an expert on one of these therapists <laughs> to come on. I'm trying to convince him. And to I will tell you, yeah, but here's the thing. They're, they're slightly worried that we're going to take the mick. Us? Never. But um, there are people that offer this service who are straight out sex workers. Yeah. What we're calling in the old days prostitutes, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. That's cool. But then there are also um, some trained therapists. In that Tantra. Offer in tantra that will rub your 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 fanny. Let's <laughs> not just rubbing it. It's in just, and out. It's not just rubbing They'll it. They'll polish your lamp. They see will. If, see if Aladdin will jump out. By the way, it looks like I'm not doing pantomime this year. Oh, okay. They're dragging their heels, and I just said to my agent, "Do you know what? I, I want to book tickets. I, I was there was a chance I was going to do pantomime because." Um, in one of the pantomimes, um, uh, one of the women from the chase is, who was doing it is going to the jungle. Right. And so um, and so I was in the running to take her place. But they were supposed to have told me on, like, Thursday. Then they were going to have told me on Friday. And I said to my agent tonight, have they said anything? No, they've not. I said, well, they're obviously talking to other people as well. Um, and rehearsals start, like, next week or something. I'm like, I, I, if I did it, I'd have to cancel a couple of shows. And I just, I just said, Do you know what? Let's just tell them to jog on this well, year, and then let's work, start working for next year. I've never been offered a pantomime. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Go yeah. on, what well, say? hopefully next year will be your year. And again, it will allow you to have clearer run at trying to establish normal for the weekends with yeah. the kids. Anyway, you're Yoni. Oh, not my. I mean, we could talk about mine if you want, but I was talking about it in general. Yes. And I found this thing on a website called Mind Body Green. Um, about Tantra. <laughs> Sam's face up. WTF? Yeah. I thought the, the the vomiting stuff was weird. This is nuts. It this can is... be nuts as well. That's your lanyard, is that what it's called? Yeah, Lingham. Lingham. You're Chris, you're Chris Lingham. Wasn't he in the British Empire? Yeah. Um, this is by Sam Isadora. I'm suggesting that may not be her real name, but it may be. Sam as in P-S-A-L-M. Yes. Oh, that's a, that, you know, that's a lovely name. Mm-hmm. When I studied Tantra in India for nine years, I was especially inspired by the concept of sacred sexuality. Yes. It's an ancient idea. Have you got any sacred sexuality music? Oh, mate, you know I have. Get it on. I'm going to Google sacred sexuality music. Music. Let's see what comes. Uh, 
Make here we go. Making love, music, sexy music for tantric love, raise sexual energy. Six, Boom. Six hours of this. Six hours. Here we go. We're in. It's an ancient idea that is lost on many Westerners. I especially love the idea of approaching a woman's body, particularly her vagina, with a sense of worship. Oh. Oh, we all like that idea. The vagina is called yoni in Sanskrit and loosely translates to a sacred space. In Tantra philosophy, we approach the vagina from a place of the utmost love and respect. Yeah, don't go at it like, you know, bull in a china shop. Yoni massage is a practice intended to truly honour a woman, to give her selfless pleasure and to explore the sacred side of our sexuality. This isn't about having one orgasm. It's about trying to feel more and more pleasure that will become waves of multiple orgasms throughout the massage. It can be done alone or done by a partner, either individually or as foreplay to lovemaking. It's especially beneficial for women who have never had orgasms. What? Yeah. Okay, so here's how to start exploring. Set the scene. As you must when exploring all new things, start with an open mind. Open heart and no judgment of yourself or your body. Line your back in a comfortable place with a pillow under your hips, your knees up and your feet on the ground. Have your favourite massage oil handy. Shall I, me, shall I act this out? What do I need to do? <laughs> lie, on, lie on your back in a comfortable place with a pillow under your hips, your knees up and your feet on the ground. Okay. I won't get up again. So, you know, you're assuming the position. She prefers coconut oil for its silky feel and sensual aroma. I'm ready. Don't use the stuff that you've had in the kitchen because you might have bits in it. Touch Can- my yummy. I'm not touching it. Connect to your breath. Breathwork is a key element in any tantra practice. The one we'll use here is called bliss breath. Constrict the back of your throat, inhale and hear a whispering sound. Then exhale and release that sound again. Like that, I imagine. Continue to take deep, slow and audible breaths. This grounds your body and keeps you out of your head. Sorry. I relax too much. It helps to spread the orgasmic energy throughout your body. Yes, all, all, all over me. Because, Ian, we don't want the energy just in your clitoris. No, we don't. I want it in my toes and in my eyelashes. This type of deep breathing can help move the energy from your yoni to all parts of your body, Ian. Warm up. Oh, God. How long does this go on for? Flipping ages, it's tantra. Blah blah blah. Warm up. Okay. Rub, Start with the boobs. Rub rub rub. Spit. Rub rub rub. Rub. Right. Okay. Fine. We got it. <laughs> okay. I'll give you the five yoni massage techniques, but I'm just going to tell you the titles. I'm going to use my deadly five finger technique. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Circling. Pushing and pulling. No, not in. Just on. Oh, uh, so I'm on. I'm, I'm around. I'm, I'm pushing act- and pulling. Tugging and rolling. Oh, flipping it. Careful with that, lads. Tapping. And then the G-spot massage. <laughs> and apparently you're just supposed to like keep almost getting there and then stopping. Mm. I hope this isn't too horny for you, ages. listeners. Uh, yeah, that'll do. I don't know. I haven't got, ta- got time for the tantric stuff. I'm, like, I'm, up, I'm up for it. You know, I'll go on a course, isn't it? If anyone wants to send me on a course. Well, we'll talk to Alexei tomorrow. and uh, yeah, see if we can get on a course. Yeah, with him. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 
Switchboard is empty. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Earlier on, we were doing tongue twisters, and I did uh, this. This is it. It is normal. This is it at the um, the speed that I did it. This is fast. You ready? Oh, hang on. I'll turn my computer up so you can hear. Here we go. Now, if we slow that, if we slow that down, you will hear perfectly. One one was a racehorse. One two was one two. One 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 race. One two one one two. Mm. Okay, so let's hear it. One one more race was from two and two. One one race from two and two. There we go. You see? Gosh, that sounds like some of our Friday night callers. Don't it though? (laughs) Sounds like me when I was on the gear. Oh, some fries. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us, um, if you want to give us a call, you'd be very, very welcome. Catherine, I've got a question for you. Go on. Why do you hate me? So many reasons. Okay, fair. Well, that's a start. That's a start. We're working on it. Um, celebrating tonight. Celebrating. Here's um, here's a great one. Here's a great one, guys. You might like this. Um, Jap- the Japanese man married to a hologram. Aww. And this is. Um, now, I've not read this story, so this could be a bit jokey-jokey he's selling something, or it could be part of the ongoing problem in Japan where a lot of men... The, the, the birth rate is going is dropping massively, and Japan, the Japanese government are cacking themselves because they've got no... The, the, the population is ageing and young people aren't being born, which is you know, a bad situation to be in. And um, a lot of it is shyness, a lot of it is, is um, internet, a lot of it is, is the hours that they work. Isolation. Isolation. But there are um, a, a group of young men who, are, who find it easier to have a relationship with, either an, with a virtual girlfriend in a video game quite often. There are specific games you can buy for computers and playstations over there where it's a girlfriend and you buy well, her Like clothes. a Tamagotchi. Yeah, kind of. Kinda, and um, it's fascinating. And so this may be that. Let's see. Uh, Akihiko Kondo's mother refused an invitation to her only son's wedding in Tokyo this month. But perhaps that isn't such a surprise. He was marrying a hologram. Um, hang on a minute. Let me just... Uh, hang on a minute. Let's just... Uh, okay, right. He was marrying a hologram. <gasps> Never! True. For, I won't do the accent. For mother, it wasn't something to celebrate, said the soft-spoken 35-year-old whose bride is a virtual reality singer named Hatsune Miku. In fact, this is a really sad story, actually. In fact, none of Kondo's relatives attended, attended his wedding to Miku. Ooh. Maybe it's not quite as sad as I thought. Maybe it's just a bit... An animated 16-year-old with saucer eyes and lengthy aquamarine pigtails. But that didn't stop him from spending 2 million yen. That's $17,600. That's about £14,000. On a formal ceremony at a Tokyo hall. Around 40 guests watched as he tied the knot with Miku, present in the form... Go on. This is a sentence. Okay. Just just do it. Around 40 guests watched as he tied the knot with Miku. Present in the form of a cat-sized stuffed doll. Oh, my God. I never cheated on her. I've always been in love with Miku-san, he said. 
using an honorific that is commonly employed in Japan, even by friends. We know what San is. I've been thinking about her every day. See if you can get this guy. See if you can find this guy. The time difference in Japan is a bit crazy. Akihiko. A-K-I-H-I-K-O. Kondo. Yeah. The time difference screws things up with Japanese guests. But um, since March, Kondo has been living with a moving, talking hologram of Miku that floats in a $2,800 desktop device. I'm in love with the whole concept of Hatsune Miku, but I got married to the Miku of my house, he said, looking at the blue image gl glowing in a capsule. That's pretty... She's like six inches high. <laughs> um... Sorry. Uh, drop dead, creepy otaku. Oh, otaku is the, uh, I think, a Japanese men that um, stay in their bedrooms, I think. He considers himself an ordinary married man. His holographic wife wakes him up each morning and sends him off to his job as an administrator at a school. In the evening, when he tells her by cell phone he's coming home, she turns on the lights. So basically, she's hive. <laughs> Later... She tells him when it's time to go to bed. He sleeps alongside the doll version of her that attended the wedding, complete with a wedding ring that fits around her left wrist. He's hollowed out a hole in the... <gasps> no, I made that up. Kondo's marriage might not have any legal standing, but that doesn't bother him. He even took his Miku doll to a jewellery shop to get the ring. And Gatebox, the company that produces the hologram device featuring Miku, has issued a marriage certificate. Ah, now, hmm, here we go, here we go. Which certifies this, and this could be the trick. It could be this, this company that's doing this. Which certifies that a human and a virtual character have wed beyond dimensions. Kondo's not alone either. He says Gatebox has issued more than 3,700 certificates for cross-dimension marriages and some people have sent him supportive messages. What so, does that mean? No one else can marry her? They can't marry his one. Oh, right. But then this might be this might be a bit of fluff by Gatebox. Yeah. I did wonder when he said there were 40 people at the wedding and there were no relatives. Yeah. So it could be Gatebox's... Of course it is. Well... There must be some people who want to come forward and say they want to hold a wedding. I want to give them a supportive push. Of course. All right, hang on a minute. Um, um, I'm not seeing... Uh, Two-dimensional characters can't cheat, age or die, he points out. Well, you can turn the power off. Well, and someone else can play with them, can't you can I? Press, press Control, Alt, Delete and Reset. I'm not seeking these in a real woman. It's impossible. Even in a country obsessed with anime, Kondo's wedding shocked many, but he wants to be recognised as a sexual minority who can't imagine dating a flesh-and-blood woman. It's simply not right. It's as if you were talking to a gay man into dating a woman or a lesbian into a relationship with a man. It won't necessarily make you happy to be bound to the template of happiness. Here we go. This is wise. In which a man and woman marry and bear children. I believe we must consider all kinds of love and all kinds of happiness. I dig that. Hey, listen, if he's not into women or men... I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. bestie don't bother. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, finally, a dating site just for oldies with no millennials, no swiping right, and if you're a National Trust member, so much the better. <laughs> I love the National Trust, man. Yes, this is great. When the oldie was founded by Private Eye co-founder Richard Ingrams in 1992, the idea was to give a funny, ironic, well-informed voice to the old. This is in the Mail Online. Yeah. In the first ever issue, the late must-missed Auburn 
war, uh, wrote about how the over-50s would soon become a majority of the electorate, but they weren't being catered to by the advertising agencies who hadn't worked out that the old enjoyed most of the free disposable income in the country too. Um, so here we go. Uh, let me pan down to the bit. I so, could date a 70-year-old. Okay. I could date a 70-year-old, actually, and I would be I could be happy with that. So, 26 years on... The oldies okay. continuing to woo older people, literally. It's just launched Gradar. Oh, well done. A free service where older people can date, share tips and buy or sell anything at all. Yeah. One newspaper diarist cheekily called it a mixture of Tinder and English heritage. Oh, OK, <laughs> I like that, yeah. The idea follows the aspirations of the oldies laid down by, by uh, former editors Richard Ingrams and the late Alexander Chancellor and now me, uh, the writer. Um... Old people are culturally isolated and often physically so. In a world that worships youth, Grey Dye helps bring them together, not just for romance, but for everything from astronomy evenings to philosophy discussions down the pub. This actually sounds great. Around 2,000 members have signed up and there are more than 1,000 postings. They're agreeably different from younger dating ads because of the age of the people posting them, their old-fashioned, high-minded interests and their I polite like language. I to find a member of the opposite sex for country strollers. Visit visiting the uh, stately homes of Britain and for vomiting on my bellend. Oh, I've got one here. Here's one of the author's favourites. Kent. Wagner enthusiasts seek similar. I should like to correspond, stroke, meet up with a lady or gentleman who has an interest in the life, operas, music, family saga of the composer Richard Wagner. Yeah, well, I'm afraid the Patatas lady has just gone to prison, mate, so you're out there. <laughs> Patatas, not so bravas. <laughs> I do go up to London to see his operas when I can. This is a lifelong interest of mine, but unfortunately none of my friends know what I'm talking about when I start spouting on about RW. Um, among these ultra-civilised Gradar members looking for love is a 69-year-old lady who plays various... Here we go, Ian. Yeah. Write, write this down. Go on. She's a bit, a bit young for you at 69, but your favourite number. Plays various musical instruments and enjoys English country dancing, like you. I can do -si do That's American. The theatre, art <laughs> exhibitions, visiting... Art exhibitions? Art. She said art, Sam, didn't she? Art exhibitions, visiting National Trust properties and writing. And writing. The f writing and the fit and active middle-aged gentleman living in his own country house in south-east England and owner of a seagoing yacht seeks a female sailing companion for summer cruises. Isn't that the start of um, My Girl Friday? I've never heard of it. Because... With Oliver Reed. It's not called My Girl Friday. What was it called? It's called Castaway. Wasn't there one called My Girl Friday? It's Castaway. What was, that? What was My Girl Friday? That it similar? sounds like some crappy Judy Bloom book. Not that Judy Bloom. Judy Bloom's a great, great talent. Got a lot of time for Judy Bloom. Oh, no, that was a... Oh, it's called His Girl Friday, and that was something quite different. It had Cary Grant in it, so it wasn't as mucky as, yeah, Castaway. Thank you. Soz, everyone. Soz. I retract. Soz. Um, fit and active middle-aged gentleman living... Blah, blah, blah. And during winter, travel to warmer countries, visits to theatres, concerts, art shows and interesting Ooh. cities. Gradar. It's free... Oldie subscribers automatically become members. Non-subscribers submit proof of identification to make sure all members are bona fide. Bona? What? Bona Friday. Um, uh, it's Al, a special event they do. Al's, <laughs> Al's bona Friday. Al is asking what happened to Dennis. We don't know. We've not heard for Dennis for months. We assume he's passed on. Yeah. We spoke to Justin Dealey and he hasn't heard from him either. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've not heard from him for uh, six months at least, probably even Longer. more actually. Yeah. So we assume he's passed on. and um, But we don't know. And we don't really... I mean, it's not really... I don't want to phone up. And, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, H-Man has told, sent me... Have you finished? Did you finish? <laughs> I think everyone's finished, yes. H-Man sent me a story that someone else sent, and I forgot, so thank you. This is on the BBC website. By the way, I, felt, I didn't listen to Howard Hughes last night. I was too busy playing video games. Was it a good one? I heard a bit, but then I fell asleep. Okay. UFOs spotted off the Irish coast under Investigaziano. Oh. The Irish Aviation Authority is investigating... Let's get some, let's get some appropriate uh, music. Baby, baby, oh, baby! Up. I have issues with Indians. Um, Patatas Bravis. Here we go. Right, we go. The Irish Aviation Authority is investigating reports of bright lights and UFOs off the southwest coast of Ireland. It began at 6.47 local time on Friday the 9th of November when a British Airways pilot contacted Shannon Air Traffic Control. She wanted to know... Ah, uh, jokes, jokes. She wanted to know if there were military exercises in the area because there was something moving so fast. The air traffic controller said there were no such exercises. The pilot, flying from the Canadian city of Montreal to Heathrow, said there was a very bright light. And there was a very bright lady. And the object had come up along the left side of the aircraft before it rapidly veered to the north. She was wondering what it could be, but said it did not seem to be heading for a collision. Another pilot from a Virgin plane joined in and suggested it might be a meteor or another object re-entering the Earth's atmosphere. He said, this is where it starts to get a little bit, a little bit buttock clenching. (laughs) He said, there were multiple objects following the same sort of trajectory and that they were very bright. The pilot said he saw two bright lights over to the right which climbed away at speed. One pilot said the speed was astronomical. It was like Mach 2, which is twice the speed of sound. I thought that was a razor. It's the best a man can get. Following reports from a small number of aircraft on Friday the 9th of November of unusual air activity, the IAA has filed a report, they said, the IAA said. This report will be investigated under the normal confidential occurrence investigation process. That sentence means nothing. This report will be investigated under the normal confidential occurrence investigation process? A spokesperson for Shannon Airport said it would not be appropriate for the airport to comment while the IAA investigation is ongoing. So it's probably not. Love a love good UFO. Love a good UFO. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Switchboard is empty, dear listener. Call in. Otherwise we feel very, very lonely. This is the late night alternative, weeknights from ten on Talk Radio. The wild man of late night radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Oh three four 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 nine nine. One thousand. Come on, Roger. Pull your pull your socks up. Man up, Roger. Stop being a snowflake. Roger's having a little meltdown, and I'm giving him a metaphorical slap across the airwaves. Man up, you cuck. What happened? He's just having a little emotional wig out, and he's missing his mum a little bit. So oh. I'm just trying to give him. Oh, a boost. that always helps. Yeah. To Man up, it. snowflake. Okay. Forget. Get over your mum. Mummy ain't coming back. Wow. 
Mummy ain't coming back. So, so wipe those tears and go out and get a job. Just trying to <coughs> boost. Does that stuff work? <coughs> of course it works. Man up, baby boy, otherwise I'm going to be slapping your ass. And this time it ain't going to be mummy's soft hand, it's going to be my cricket bat. Oh, God. Wrapped in barbed wire. Because <gasps> I'd just seen that Nicolas Cage film, Mandy, oh, and there was a lot of barbed wire in we that. We must discuss that. Well, we're supposed to be celebrating things this evening. <laughs> well, we made it. I enjoyed Mandy. <laughs> I even started a round of applause at the end of the film, which some people... I thought it was relief. About a third of the audience picked up on it. I started a spontaneous round of applause. And there was a round of applause after the scene where he broke a man's neck and um, pulled a Bruce Lee face. <laughs> Did a Bruce Lee face. I enjoyed the film, but <laughs> it was it was, it was pony. the most ridiculous thing I've seen for a long time. It was it was based it was basically it was it was it was story was about these well um um my, uh, not Mike Baldwin. Ken Barlow's son is in it, Linus Roach. And we you see Linus, you see Ken Barlow's son. Linus. Winkle. <laughs> I've worked with Linus. I worked with Linus in Canada. Has Montreal. Changed? I didn't see that bit. Okay. But the whole film is um, very psychedelic. It's kind of... Um, see, I think it's very psychedelic. So there's a lot of talk of taking LSD in it. So there's a lot of psychedelia in it. Um, I think it's an homage to the um, Italian horrors of the 70s and the 80s. You said I was being too generous. Yeah. I think its tongue is in its, its tongue is in its cheek to a certain extent, um, and bits of it are rubbish, but I enjoyed it. I like Nicolas Cage. There was a lot of laughter. People had a good time. Well, people were silent for like the first forty minutes, I mean, and you then fell asleep in the first forty. Yeah, minutes, I if did. I'm the, the the graphics were doing my head in a bit. I did like the bit. I mean, no spoilers, but I did like the bit when th- that scene where you saw um, Ken Barlow's son's penis. I liked she it. Is. I dumped it. Not said who she is, but but everyone had taken acid, and that was kind of a psychedelic vibe that was going on the tra- the trails. That was the trails I was talking about. That, um, and um, I mean it was redonkulous. Yeah, and but it, I enjoyed. And I enjoyed it, it, it was produced by Frodo Baggins, and yeah, it was, I feel it? like he needs a letter writing home to Bilbo because. <laughs> uh, Quite worrying imagery. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to go and laugh with a load of strangers, then it's it's the one to watch. Yeah. No, I. I there were some faces in that, weren't there? Some proper is faces. Linus, is Linus Roach on um, Twitter? Because I want to tweet him. I want to tweet him and say, "Senior Willie, we've seen your penis. We've seen your winkle. I don't think he. No, is. he isn't." Very, very, how does he make it in show business these days? Mandy, this, Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. But I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it in a funny sort of way. Christine is, Christine is um, crazy. I enjoy, I love listening to Ian Lee, but his Canadian accent leaves a lot, uh, I was going South African, <laughs> leaves a lot to be desired, eh? Let's, let's go out, um, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> eh? What are you talking about? Eh? A? It's not eh, it's A. I can't... I, listen, uh, Christine, I can't do all the accents in the world. So what I'm thinking, right, because I'm putting on weight, because uh, I saw my big old boobies on... when I was streaming on Twitch. Big old boobies. You just sat there going, look at those big old boobies. And I started getting turned on. I'm getting turned on at my own boobies. <laughs> then I threw up and I just got a massive boner. <laughs> So I'm looking at myself and thinking, wow. 
And my um, colon is wrecked. Oh, my God. Absolutely. How do you know? I caned it. I've, it's trashed. I've trashed my colon. And I'm worried... <laughs> That's going to be the next headline in the sun. I've trashed my Tragic colon. comic trashes colon. I've lived well. I've lived well these, these past years. Um, and I'm worried about this thing that we've only got 22 years to save the world. God, God, is it? Flash, <laughs> Flash, we've only got 22 years to save the world. Flash, I love you. But, um, what, what happened to the celebratory nature of this? Because we're now going into it. your colon no, no. and the end of the world. No one's, no one's going, in, going into my colon. That's partly how it got trashed. So this is, thank you, Sam, for laughing at my jokes. At least someone's thinking. Oh, there's Charles. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> so. You do Miranda acting. Oh, Ipslay on the Catherine A. So. I wish I could do gay slang because I would do it. I would have the best time. Ipsnay on the gay slang. Um, How boner to Vardy Dolly Odeek? I just can't do it. You what, put, the you put a verb, Yeah, you put a verb in the... In a, anyway. So, I'm worried about the... So, I'm worried about the environment. I'm worried about my gut. And I'm worried about my a-hole. Oh, God. So, and, and here's the thing. For 27 years, from the age of 15 to the age... It's a little bit... Um, 26 years. The age of 15 to 41, I was a vegetarian. It's true. I was a vegetarian. And I was a good one. Didn't eat fish. You were a rubbish one. You didn't eat anything proper. When you used to tell me about what you'd eaten, it would be you'd been Cheese, in the fridge, potatoes. yeah, and you'd eaten the bits that were left of okay. various other proper dinners. But here's the thing: I was a proper vegetarian in as much as I didn't eat cheese. I didn't eat. Sorry, I did eat cheese. I didn't eat fish, and I didn't eat chicken because if you eat fish and chicken, here's the thing: you ain't a vegetarian. Wow, is that a revelation? Well, for a lot of people, it is. A lot of people, it is. They, they you're vegetarian, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're eating fish? Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. Well, you're not. You're eating fish, in, in knob. Where did that grow? So, um, so I was good. I didn't eat... I did eat, like, Haribo and stuff. You did <laughs> I didn't... I wasn't... But you didn't like pulses and beans and that, did you? I wasn't... I just couldn't be bothered. I don't really know. I don't remember why. So, really, you ate cheese? Yeah, fine. But it's fine. For 27 years, I was fine. I was doing, doing the do. And I did it because I wanted to go out with Kerry, and it worked. And then, you know, I just stuck with it. And then I can't quite... There's re- no way to talk about Kerry. What? Stuck with it. <laughs> Come on now, please. She didn't stick with me, though. She, 18 months later, she's up with another guy. And I'm thinking, oh, that's right. Anyway. So, I... So, I've been eating meat for about four years. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So tasty. It's delicious. I love it. I love meat. I love the bacon. I love the sausages. I love the ribs. I love the lamb. I love the meat. I love it. But, he even loves the meat where you can't tell what, what it well, was. Well, Kath came round to mine today and I made her a sausage sandwich and then she nearly gagged, which would have been great for Jojo's boyfriend. And she Gagged showed, on a sausage. She showed me a sausage. And, and what was in it? Like a tube. There was a, like There's a part meat, of an animal in there. There was a meat, a tiny meat tube. I, I knew I was eating sausage. I didn't think there'd be any actual animal in a there. A tube. Yeah. A meat, a fleshy tube. Was it a pig's yoni? No, they're bigger than that. You've eaten that. I have eaten a big zone, actually, yeah. So, <coughs> so it's here's... like an artery or something. So I eat meat all the time, basically. I eat meat all the time. I love it. I really enjoy it. And I eat meat all the time. And then I remember, um, ages and ages ago, um, Paul McCartney was talking about meat 
free Mondays. You can do it right now, please. Right. It was Meat Free Mondays. Well, you'd stop eating meat. Meatfreemonday.com. Meatfreemonday.com. No, you, you got the tune wrong. You got the tune wrong. Go on. Can't remember it, but you got the tune. You're just doing that. You can do it right now, please. Tune to the Meat Free Mondays. Well, we better find it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Hang on. Meat Free Monday. Paul McCartney. Here we go. So here we go. Hey, hi there. Hi there. Paul speaking. Paul. Listen, I need your help. All I want you to do is just log in on pledge.meatfreemondays.com and pledge your support to the idea of Meat Free Mondays. All you need to do. I need your help. Please do it. We'll send all these pledges to the politicians and then they'll do something about it. So I need your help. Please just log in pledge.meatfreemondays or one word dot com. Pledge.meatfreemondays.com. Pledge.meatfreemondays.com. Pledge. He's writing a song. Meatfreemondays.com. You can do it right now, please. He's writing a song there and there. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So I think, so I was on the way in, I was thinking, but I'm aware that I'm having crazy thoughts at the moment coming off these slipping puzzles. So I was thinking, I might go vegetarian for two days a week. Not, not, not vegan. I don't think, I, at the, this moment in my dark life, I couldn't go vegan. Well, I'm not saying never. I'm not saying never. But I'm thinking maybe I go vegetarian for two days a week. Because the theory is, if we all stopped eating meat for one day a week i mean meat used to be a luxury and now it's we kind of over farm it uh, and if we all stopped eating meat one day a week then that, that will cut down on the, the greenhouse gases the cows farting is basically the, the thing isn't not it? just the cows it either would, steady on we'll cut down on everything and it would anyway so it's good for the environment so i'm, but I'm kind of thinking going going like two days a week vegetarian but I, what this is and i did want to do a phone in on this because no one's going to phone in now but I don't know if that would actually make any difference. A to me on a personal level, would I lose? Would I lose weight? Would my um, colon repair itself with nanobots? If we've got some would nanobots. It bounce back. I'm, I'm taking this seriously. I, I just dumped that, so no you one certainly did. No one knows what you're talking about. <laughs> no, let's go to the break. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Kath, that was um, very distasteful, the question you just asked me about. I never asked you that question. About the three royal women on Remembrance Sunday. That You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, <clears throat> so, the question is, right, the question is, no one's calling in, so it doesn't matter, it's fine. If I go meat-free for two days a week, will that actually make a change to my health and help get rid of these, these jiggly... These jiggly things. Oh, I've never been more aroused. Do that again. I'll puke up on them if you want. <laughs> will it get rid of that? And also, will it contribute to a change in the environment is the main thing. No. Well, not if I just do it on my own. If, if everybody did it. Well, if everybody did it, yes. Well, yeah, you... Like, listen... Be the change you want to see. <laughs> idiot. Why am I an idiot? That's Gandhi. That's Gandhi. Was it? Yo! I don't know who said it. I've seen who's, it on poster. Who's the idiot now, mate? Well, I'm just saying. You, <laughs> you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. I just quoted Gandhi. Don't do the voice. I'm not doing the voice. Just like I'm saying it properly. Like you say, Paris. I'm saying Gandhi. <laughs> Paris. Paris. Yeah, exactly, Gandhi. 
be the change you want to see. Okay, fine. Why okay. would I... Wh- wh- when I got on a train and they said, why did I get a second-class ticket, not a first-class... Well, why did I get a second-class ticket? It's because they don't have third-class. It's another Gandhi. I know all the Gandhi quotes! All of them! You can't What do you think me. about British civilization? I think it would be a good idea. That's Gandhi. That was They're one all his, Gandhi! That's one of his lippy moments. Randy Gandhi! Here comes Gandhi. No. Um, so basically, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it. Can it be the change you want to see in other people? Do you know what? F U D H. F U D H. And the H stands for head if you're struggling to work out with the rest of it. F U. I'm doing it. I am doing it. From next week. Okay. From next week. Can we record this bit? Can record we take this a clip. Re- clip this. I solemnly swear, I solemnly swear that from next Monday, I will be vegetarian two days a week. I am unable to specify which two days a week. But oh, there, it might be on a weekend there when will, no one else can see. There will be two days per week when... Um, Sausages and other meaty things will not pass my lips. Will not be eating them. I'll be. I'm doing it to. And I'm doing it not for selfish reasons. I'm doing it to save the planet. What are you doing? As my good friend Gandhi once said, "Be the change you want to see." I'm Ian Lee. Thank you for listening, and thank you. For, for being a DH. I give it a H week. stands for head. I give it a week. Yeah, give it a week. And then we'll see who's laughing on the other side of her face. I'm starting it next week. Put that out. Put that video out. Oh, I don't want to embarrass you. Put the video out. Take that phone call, Sam. I'm so snappy. I'm so sorry. And this is before you go veggie. Stop it! Who was that? What do you mean? What do you mean? What's the shaking of the shoulder? What's the sh- shrugging his shoulders? Mate, that's a little bit. That's a little bit raw. She was saying, "Do it." You know, do it. I would. I could probably do a good Linda McCartney if I tried. I don't know what she sounded like. I like Linda. I miss. I I like Linda. She seemed nice. She she had American accent. Yeah, because she she was from America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've heard her speak. She's trying to talk like that. You never see the episode of Bread she was in. Bread. You know her and Paul McCartney were in Bread. Oh, mate, it was awful. <laughs> no. Why would they do that? Because she was friends with Jean um, Boat. Jean Boat. Carla Lane. Carla Lane. Of course she was. Animal rights people. Oh, mate, it was awful. Um, right, hang on a minute. Let's... We're going to play the episode of Bread with Linda McCartney and Paul McCartney. It's a viable product, you see. Here we go, here we go, here we go. See, Cal Salt Street. I'd like to know why my gas bill is 206 pounds. Lilo Lil! It's ridiculous. She is a torch! connected up to the Olympic torch. <laughs> I would like a detailed account, please, in English, not abbreviations. Oh, oh hi, is Billy here, please? 
No, I'm sorry. They're all out. Oh, that's okay. Will you just tell them Linda called for tea? Oh, well, come on in, love. The kettle's on. No, that's fine. Another time. Well, he'll be back any minute. It's a shame to miss each other. Any friend of my son's is a friend of mine. As long as I like the look of them. <clears throat> I wonder if there is an afterlife. I hope not. I can't wait to get my feet up. All the traumas we go through, all the emotions, all the anguish. And the joy. I seem to remember some joy. I mean, what's it for? Why do we go through it? Everything God did has a pattern. This helps this, this can't survive without this, this and this makes this, and finally we have this. So what have we got finally? Nothing. We have nothing. Well, it's not much of a reward, is it? It's weird, isn't Maybe it? that's the best thing you ever could come up with. A permanent state of nothing. Yeah, do you know what it reminds me of? Yeah. I don't know why I worry about When things. kids do, do plays and yeah. they've remembered their bit and they're just waiting for their bit. Oh, she's they're... not an actor, but... Kids, dogs, trees, I think they go... Here we go. People. They go on about... Once I accidentally trod in a snail, I didn't kill it. I couldn't sleep all night for worrying she's how it felt sitting there Touching the Diana's in the eyes. Yeah, and also she's got a slight scouse. Yeah, we've both got a family. Family's a strength, I say. Yeah. Your husband got a job, has he? <laughs> yeah, at the moment, so far. I'm not made redundant like my Adrian. He's writing poetry now. They're publishing some of it. But that worries me, though. I mean, they're a funny lot, those creative people. They don't see things as they really are. We wrote a poem once about a sparrow. I thought it was about a bird of paradise. <laughs> a sparrow is brown, I said. Only 99% of him is brown, he said. Another cup of tea, love. Oh, no, thanks. I really must go now. Really that have. was nice, really nice. Billy, be sorry he missed you. Another time? Weird, isn't it? It's really, really weird. Come in, Paul. Sorry, we're just watching the episode of Bread with Linda and Paul McCartney. <laughs> oh, the glory days. This is true. I once went, because my dad used to work at the BBC, so we got to go and see loads of shows. I, was, I went to the studio. I didn't see an episode of it being filmed. The studio of the young ones and got to walk around the set. But one of the most boring ones we went to was to watch the Bread Christmas special being filmed. Oh, God. It was tedious. One of the best was the Delbert Wilkins radio show with Lenny Henry. That was great fun. I'd forgotten all about that. It was where he did a, wow. p- a pirate radio show from the back yep. of a cafe in yep. Brixton. It was great, that. I used to love it. Anyway, Paul Ross, nice to see you. Thank you again for my gift. That's right. Good Eddie luck with your uh, two days going vegan-vegetarian. We've got the Vegan Society on the show in the morning. Because really? it's, uh, it's World Vegan Month. We're oh. halfway through it. So we're talking about that because um, Tesco's are buying in from America these bizarre-to-me-sounding new plant-based burgers which when you bite into them, they bleed. Oh. They put beetroot juice in them. But I'm thinking, if you're a vegan, you don't want to think you're eating slaughtered meat, do you? There's that weird thing. I mean, because I was a vegetarian for for a long time, 26 years. and Really? 26 years? 26 years. But you look so old. Thank you. But about four years ago, I stopped and I started eating meat and I loved it. But I liked... I liked the Linda McCartney sausages. were great sausages. You know, I kind of liked that 
I like the taste of meat. You know, it's the texture with me, I think I'd yeah. miss. I'm not a big meat. I've missed cheese. I couldn't be a vegan. I don't think. I, this is the thing. I could, I'm not. I can't do vegan at the moment. Never say never. No. But I, I love cheese. I love milk. I hear that vegan cheese is getting better. Oh, I've had some vegan cheese and it's great. But I like the you know I like the Rockfoots. I like, I like the Rockford files. I love the way Kat said that like there's some kind of grapevine that she heard. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> vegan cheese is getting. Well, I've never eaten it. I eat proper cheese. I've got some <laughs> contacts <laughs> in the vegan community. Ooh, but cheese. no, I like I like a I like a nice cheese board. You know, yeah. and and vegan. Vegan cheese is great, but well, it's that is one of the great that. places of middle age, isn't it? The oh. cheese board. Well, yeah, maybe a sneaky glass of port. Yeah, or I love if you're it. a drinking man. Yeah, I love it. But I, so I'm going to do it two two days a week. I'm going to be vegetarian, and I'm going to see how it goes. Although yep. I've just sworn an oath that I'm going to be doing you it. You have, in front so. of everyone. What's it, so what's I loved it when you said, almost very formally, like you're reading something from an old parchment. You said, "And I will avoid sausages and things like that." <laughs> <laughs> It's true. The list ran out there. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Go on, what have you got? Uh, for the first time, we are crossing live to Christmas Island, which <laughs> I haven't really been aware of before, because it's around this time of year. It's not may not work on radio, this, so I'm trusting our guests, because it's around this time of year. Christmas Island is home, the only place in the world that's got these red crabs. They've got a lot of red crabs. Oh, I've heard about They've this, They've got yeah. 30 to 50 million of them, and they're now migrating, as they do this time of year, en masse to the sea, to the beaches. It's an astonishing sight. Wow. And they think the reason they do it is kind of common sense, because if three or four went at a time, the gulls would pick them off. Mm-hmm. Even if you've got 1,000 gulls, with 30 million red crabs, the percentage that survive is going to be remarkable. So I'm really looking forward to that. Wow. Christmas, I know nothing about Christmas Island, so we're going to find so out about that. So there's Easter Island... There's Christmas Island. Is there like a birthday island? Is there a oh, New there Year's? Mother's Day Island. Mother's Day Island. Enjoy your funeral island. Yeah, Movember Island. <laughs> Movember. <laughs> All these things. Anything else? Yeah, we're also we're going done. to India because there's a big campaign. This sounds a bit kind of worthy of the show tonight. I hope it won't be. But there's a big campaign. It's a worthwhile campaign to stop people, tourists, riding the elephants in India. They've been trying to do it in Thailand as well. And you kind of think, yeah. surely we now need... I mean, I'm of an age. I can remember being taken to Regent's Park Zoo in London and being perched on the back of an elephant for a photograph. I remember. And seeing the chimps tea party. I mm. went, we went for our honeymoon to India um, ten years ago, I guess it was, and we did the elephant thing and didn't think, didn't think we did the elephant rides and all yeah. of that stuff. And I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't do it now. But there's know. always a kind of quid pro quo, isn't there? Like, if everybody went vegan, yeah. then most of the cows um, would die out. Yeah. Chickens would go, because yeah. there'd be no reason to breed them. They may have, you know, they just wouldn't be there. And similarly, they say it provides for the local economy, it's feeding families, and maybe it's, it's going to be a transition, but it does seem now, and I, I think, I think, why on earth, but I even feel uneasy, I mean, years ago, we took the girls to Lorette Del Mar mm. when they were kids, and... Um, we went on camel rides, and I'm thinking, would I now want to know what condition those camels were kept in? Because it couldn't have probably been that pretty. We're old enough to have done donkey rides on the beach. Yep. I mean, imagine donkey they rides. They still do pony rides out near my way, but there's well, a big sign saying, ethically, it's, it's near a rice there. ethically, ethical pony ethic rides. Ethic ponies uh, will be discussed. <laughs> the only way is ethics. Here's Paul Ross after this. <laughs>